Hello Survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 21 and in this edition we'll be covering our latest return to Raccoon City in the newly released Resident Evil 3 remake. My name is Sinyak, you can just call me Cyan. Joining me on the panel this week, if the world says you're not worthwhile like the Hunter Gamma, he'll take you down to the sewers and feed you snacks. It's Moist Outlet, aka James. Hi! Sidestepping his way back onto the podcast after perfectly dodging having to talk about two Paul W.S. Anderson films, it's Serial Box 64, Jordan Sugru. Hey, how are you doing? And don't worry, he's UBCS. If that stands for Ultimate Broadcasting Co-Pilot Steve, it's Fire Button Steve Valance. Good afternoon, slash morning. This episode... <laughs> This episode of the podcast, like all others, was recorded live, as you can tell, in our Discord server. Join now to hear the podcast early and unedited, as well as engage with our community, contribute to the show and other upcoming projects, and be informed first of everything going on behind the scenes. You can find a link to the server in the description of this podcast, or on our social media accounts. Right, housekeeping, numero uno, number one. We got a big, I feel like every time we do an episode now, we got a big episode. This one's going to be big, so housekeeping, special thanks to our latest Patreon, so a special thank you to combo for supporting the show um, in terms of new content youtube we've put out some more videos uh what was it five more times the resident evil series of wasted potential that's come out and literally days after recording this we're dropping a five things you may have missed from resident evil 3 remake most importantly the trailer is now out for resident evil the beginning we talked about it on the show a few months ago it's the fan dub that we've put together of the 1997 book resident evil the book in the us and biohazard the beginning in japan uh trailer is out now Give that a watch slash listen. It is kind of it's going to be a purely audio dub. Uh, those episodes are coming together. You can look forward to those in the future on our YouTube uh, channel as well. And very special thank you to everyone who's been a part of that in the editing phase, in the casting phase. It's been a joy to work on, and we're very excited to be joined by Joe White, the voice of Chris Redfield from the Resident Evil 2002 remake, uh, in a cameo role and to do a classic title call like he did on all the GameCube games. That's very exciting indeed, so please look forward to that sometime this year. It's coming together. Don't want to put a date on it just yet, but keep your eyes peeled. In terms of housekeeping, I think that's it. Let's dive into a pretty hefty dose of news. Okay, so our first, and perhaps, honestly, to my heart, and Sherwin, you know, Doomforge Games announced Resident Evil 3, the board game, which is kickstarting on April 28th. Yeah, very exciting. I mean, some of us have kind of known a little bit about this behind the scenes, obviously, but uh, it's very exciting to have that news out there now. I don't know if we need to talk about it too much at the moment. We've got some stuff behind the scenes. We're working on that. Obviously, uh, we're going to be talking about that more in the ongoing, you know, weeks and stuff and, and, and even months moving forward but yeah keep your eyes peeled over on the kickstarter uh, i'll put a link in the description uh, you can follow it until it goes live on april 28th and then sometime after that we'll probably do something on our end as well so very exciting all the same uh, watch this space just want to jump in um it's worth following showing and um steve force on twitter if you're interested because there is stuff pertaining very to, true, to yes. the board game as well like yes. uh, if you backed RE2, you could potentially be getting some, should we say, upgrades mm-hmm. for it if you get RE3 as well. It's worth checking out. Absolutely, yeah. Follow all that social media because I don't know how much 
uh, information they'll be dropping before the actual campaign starts as well. So it's best to have all that information uh, before it goes live. Okay, so our next bit of news, more pertaining to, should we say, direct current events. Jill Valentine will be joining the cast of Survivors in Resident Evil Resistance in the first free update for the game on April 17th. I believe is just over 10 days away? Yes. No, nine days away. Yeah, exciting. Um, what do you think? She's going to have a dodge that's going to set her apart, I guess. Is she, she's going to kind of play a bit like... Obviously, they're going to have to slow her down a bit um, because Resistance is a bit more slower paced. Uh, but I assume she's going to get a dodge. I've no guess is what her fever skill is going to be. But it's definitely the, the first place to start uh, in I terms think of adding characters. Lock pick. So, yeah, but I would wonder exactly how that would work. You could just unlock all doors. I think it'll be like a cooldown thing. You know, like you've got the kick with um, mm. Tyrone. It'll be, she can just like, done, doors open. Um, sure. But as for other skills, I, I honestly don't know. I mean... Getting exploded and carrying on. <laughs> you know, that, that woman takes so much abuse in the main campaign. It's uh, mm. unreal. Unless it's like summon a grenade launcher, because I don't think there's a grenade launcher in the campaign, in the um, resistance game proper, except for like a random pickup. Mm. Um, and that weapon gets a lot of use in RE3. Like, yeah, it's very it's possible. It's a weapon, I would argue. Um, yeah, no, that's the very good point. Um, James, have you played resistance yet? How do you feel about Jill coming in? Um, I played, yeah, I, I played with uh, uh, with Steve and uh, some of the first day spray crew really late in the evening, and I did enjoy it. Uh, it was super, super fun. Uh, I played Tyrone. I just punched and kicked things a lot. Uh, we were we were bat bros. Um, yeah, I, I I think the same thing with Jill. I think she's she's obviously going to get a dodge mechanic or something like that. Otherwise. I haven't really thought about it much, so I'm not really sure what else they'll add other than making her tanky because, man, she could take a rocket. <laughs> uh, Jordan, have you played Resistance at all? How do you feel about Jill being added? I haven't. I thought I would uh, you know, deal with the main game Fair first because yeah. I know we obviously will be looking at Resistance a little bit later. But um, what I will say about you know the character inclusion, it's uh, obviously it's a really great indication of what content um, is going to be coming down the line. I mean, you know, you've got, you've got two remakes now, and you've got a wealth of uh, you know, new character designs um, mm. for fan favorites and stuff. So you would assume that um, so long as the content stream is, is quite regular, that you're, you're going to get a really cool roster at the end of this. So, yeah, it's good stuff. And it, perfect to kind of come, like, so soon after the release of the game. Yes. Yeah, I do love when they strike, when the iron is hot like that, and be like, you know, the game's out. Uh, two weeks later, basically, here's, uh, here's some updates to it. Um, yeah. And, and you're right. Like, there's so many characters now that have models and stuff in the RE engine. Um, we've been saying since the game was announced that it's prime for just continual updates like that it's, if it's successful. So let's hope uh, that that's the case. Uh, and as you pointed out, we'll be talking about Resistance later on this month um, after the Jill update comes out. So we'll, we'll get into nitty, the nitty-gritty of what exactly her abilities are then as well, I'm sure. Okay. Our last piece of news is uh, Pinch of Salt, everybody. Pinch of Salt. Okay, uh, Dusk Golem, Notorious Leaker, has revealed the first batch of potential information about the 2021 Resident Evil title, uh, which is called some lines of Village, because they can put the Roman numeral for eight <laughs> in the word Village. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, he's been tweeting a lot over the last week um, about what exactly this next game is. Uh, going to be expected to come quarter one 2021 again 
Um, like Steve said, grain of salt with this. It is all leaks and rumours and innuendo and all that. Uh, but it's, re it's Resident Evil 8. Or it wasn't originally intended to be Resident Evil 8. It was going to be Revelations 3. But uh, the, the positive reception from ambassadors that playtested the game was so great that they've decided to uh, do a Resident Evil 3 uh, and take a side game and give it a main number title. So it looks like Resident Evil 8 is going to be coming next potentially, if this is true, um, and a lot of that information that we got previously about it starring Ethan and Chris uh, still seems to be on the cards. A witch, stalker enemy, uh, it's a lot to dissect, but however much of it is true or not, we're not entirely sure yet. Uh, expectation is for it to be revealed in the summer, obviously with the ongoing situation of the world, that might not be the case. Uh, Jordan, how do you feel about uh, these Resident Evil 8 village rumours? Well, there's certainly a lot of details to go over. Um, mm. You know, I was kind of surprised by just how much is out there. Um, I don't know uh, a great deal about Dust Golem, so I don't know what exactly their track record is um, or with regards to leaks. But obviously, if they've got some kind of reputation, it means that they've been right some of the time, mm -hmm. at least. Um, I, I mean, the, the thing is, uh, any kind of Resident Evil that's in development or anything that's in sort of early stages and, and, and details are coming out, it's kind of the point where any kind of Resident Evil development thrives. Um, there's lots of ideas that get, you know, chucked up into the air. Uh, and by the time you actually get a release, it's usually typically more refined than that. Obviously, we, we've had it plenty of times where you can look at 0.5 games and they look drastically different than, you know, what actually kind of comes out as the next game. Um, this seems to be kind of maybe picking up from the details that I saw, um, some of the kind of like, you know, more psychological t sort of tones, but also, you know, bits more supernatural as well, which is obviously something they looked at for the development of Resident Evil 4. And they, they went off obviously in a different direction there. Um, I, I mean, obviously, yeah, taking it, taking it all with a, with a pinch of salt, but I, I'm just surprised with with how many details have come out, really. Um, I would hazard to guess that it's true, at least some of it. Mm -hmm. Like, because I, I, you know, I would be annoyed, obviously, if so much, you know, came out and then, you know, almost none of it uh, actually kind of made it to whatever Resident Evil 8 comes along. We know that, you know, there's going to be a Resident Evil 8 at some point. One thing that does maybe convince me that it's uh, it's legitimate is the the idea that it's kind of it's spurred off from a Revelations three uh, team because I feel like Capcom is kind of in that stretch at the moment where games in the series that might be considered sort of almost supplementary sort of side games and stuff like that are are kind of being kind of geared more towards the forefront. I think after Resident Evil six, they decided to really kind of branch out and try and, mm. and try and kind of like you know figure out what what you know, appeals to fans. I'd even call the remakes technically kind of spin-off titles, but when you play them, they are definitively core entries. Um, and so that could well be what's happened with the development here. For sure. Um, Steve, anything stand out in particular for you in terms of this? These uh, well, I mean, the whole hallucinations angle, right? Mm. And the fact that they mentioned that it was going to be a Revelations game. Uh, me least believe that maybe... There is some grain of truth because, I mean, the whole fear aspect that they're trying to push. Fear sure, was all yeah. Alex's thing, and she's the only villain of the Revelations universe that's kind of worth a damn. Um, not, not trying to knock uh, whatever mophead guy and whatever <laughs> name was from Revelations 1. But uh, So that's possible. But Dusk Golem's also been a bit hit and miss lately. Maybe that's mm -hmm. just me. It feels like uh, this could be early information that they're feeding him to get everyone talking to get feedback, if that makes sense. 
Right. It's I, interesting. I'm like, it'll be awesome if it's a, a fear-derived version, because we always get action stuff. I mean, even Remake 2's action, Remake 3's action, it'd be nice to have a bit of a slower-paced, slightly scarier game, because RE7, yeah? Um, mm-hmm. The fear was definitely more of a factor there. So that would be great. Uh, I want to see one thing, and that is a bluish, apparitionish shaped thing with hooks for hand. Um, <laughs> and that's go. all I'll say on it otherwise. <laughs> uh, James, how do you feel about all this chatter? Um, uh, as usual with rumours, I'm super, super excited about them, but I always try and keep my uh, expectation mm-hmm. low. However, in the in the, uh, the the short little blurb we got, there was mention of a witch and uh, like uh, quote weird aspects, which I really I love. I love pseudoscience when it's not taken too seriously, which is mm-hmm. I think why I like Resident Evil so much, <laughs> right? But like witches and stuff, that's so cool. Uh, I, I expect to see if this is true. Expect to see hallucinations, rooms that weren't there before. Um, maybe some kind of mastermind thing uh, happening. Maybe they put so much into it, and it was going to be a Revelations game. It was going to be a bit weird, which is why they've kind of said that it's divisive, like the way some people might love it, some people might hate it, just from what they're doing right. uh, with it. But um, yeah, uh, I, I think I think I think that's cool because it's a different direction again. But uh, I hope it's a I hope it's a continuation from Seven. Like an actual direct continuation, because we thought this was going to be that seven was going to be a completely new arc, and although we've not got more information yet, um, I, I really do hope that it is because mm. I think uh, Resident Evil needs that at the moment. I think with the talk of it being uh, an Ethan and Chris focused game, for one thing, that that makes chances pretty high, obviously, but. Um, the hallucinations thing isn't particularly that wild when you think about it. Kind of spoilers for RE7 here. There's a lot of hallucinations in that game. Um, yeah. You know, so it, technically speaking, it does sound like it could lead on from some story threads in that, which would be uh, definitely a wise move, especially for a number title. Uh, as Choji says in the live chat, and as you pointed out, um, there's been talk of it being divisive. Not from Capcom themselves, they've not said anything on the matter, of course, but uh, Dusk Olam said that it could be divisive for old school fans. So I wonder what exactly that means. Um, maybe he's referring to the sort of pseudo-supernatural elements, but again, these kind of things, they've cropped up before and then been kind of retroactively explained by you know, the effect that a virus or whatever can have on someone. So as long as there's some kind of pseudoscience, uh, it'll be fine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm also I'm also completely down for werewolves. Okay, Capcom? I'm completely down <laughs> yeah. for werewolves. Don't listen it's just to a these transformation, people. isn't it? It's just a transformation yeah. that can dial back and forth. That's that's nothing. That, that's <laughs> I mean, what, what, what are we just going to, like, throughout the entire series of... Re- I mean, I haven't played re- the Revelations of the other spin-offs. But what are we going to get? We're just going to have giant blob monsters by the end of the game every single series. We need something yeah, different. Give me one, everybody. Um. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to turn like God of War. It's actually going to be the giant blob monster is the next stage. <laughs> that would isn't be different. The, um, isn't the big takeaway from all these rumors that we're going to have a quote-unquote evil Chris? There is or... definitely talk that there's sort of like clashing between those characters or some sort of like dark past of Ethan that potentially involves Chris in some way. 
I mean, we've had Evil Crisp apparently going to happen before and it never came through. Yeah, so this so, sounds like an amalgamation of things that were in planning stages for other games <laughs> and then uh, just smooshed together. So, I, I okay, so I need to get my my writing book out and my pen because I need to start fanficking this already. <laughs> right? Because then I can actually, you know, lay claim to the rights. <laughs> when you get it all right, resume. like last time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, um, and not be slow on the on the uptake this time. But I, I, I welcome Crispy and a bad guy. Um, I kind of, I, I, I did kind of suspect at the end of our. I, I know a lot of people did. I'm not saying it's new, but at the end of RE Seven, I kind of suspected Chris would go that way. I think I said in our Let's Play, Steve. Please allow me to slap my thigh and go. It probably is going to be revealed. It actually isn't. <laughs> like, you know, mm. I know they said it's definitely Chris like in uh, recent years, but they can always just retcon that. Like mm -hmm. Wesker was apparently dead in RE1, they retcon that in Code Veronica. Right, for um, sure. So, uh, pinches of salt, even if it... I, I still buy half of this stuff, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, if it's coming Q1, um, we'll know, obviously, sort of, probably latest by, you know, autumn slash fall kind of time of year. Um, probably be the... The latest will start getting some announcements on this. Um, so watch this space, I suppose. Mm. Okay, well, with that out of the way, let's roll on into the massive, massive undertaking that is discussing the Resident Evil 3 remake. And now, reading the file, message from a colleague from Resident Evil 3 2020 in character as Brad Vickers, John Burnett, who you can find on YouTube, at the channel Kendo Gunshop. To Jill Valentine. Hey, Hotshot, how you holding up? I still can't believe Iron suspended you. It's such bull. He ought to pin a medal on you for making it out of that hellhole back in July. Of course, you're going to poke around and ask questions about it. I hope you're not mad at me for keeping my head down. Everything's been happening so fast. Stars was the pride of the Force. When the Chief disbanded us out of nowhere, I thought for sure I was going to lose my job. Word has it you're planning to leave Raccoon City. I figured you wouldn't take the suspension lying down. Just promise to watch your back. Umbrella won't sit by while you try to dismantle their business. Take care, Jill. Brad Vickers, Star's Alpha Team. Now and forever. P.S. Had to slip this message to the pizza guy to avoid detection. Enjoy the extra large Mega Meat Supreme. It's on me and the guys. Okay, it is here, the Resident Evil 3 remake. It was announced late last year. We turned around for five minutes and it's out. We have played it. Uh, now we can discuss it. There's a lot to dissect. So we're going to kind of try and go through this bit by bit. Um, I guess the most logical place to start would be the gameplay. Um... Um, yeah, where to even start? I mean, obviously, I, I've been thinking since the beginning that it, it's going to be much more of a punchy kind of affair, and that's that's been the general sentiment, that it's it's a very much a moving piece of media. There is, uh, whereas Resident Evil 2 was classic, to so the Resident Evil 2, you know, getting lost in the location. Resident Evil 3, OG, and the remake are all about sprinting from one place to the next. Uh, we obviously got a taste of the gameplay, in the in the beta with sort of like a little bit of a hub area 
Um, so we, we kind of got accustomed to what exactly the game was, but let's get into sort of like specific um, experiences with that. So, Steve, why don't you start us off, talk about the gameplay. What did you like? What didn't you like? Any expectations that it did or didn't live up to? Well, okay, I think for me personally, RE3 is okay. The original RE3 is an okay game. I enjoy it well enough. Uh, but it's not something that I was clamoring for a remake for, so this one didn't have any high expectations for me. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, I was more go with it. Let's see what Capcom do. And I kind of I appreciate that they tried to have a few hub areas, but they weren't the only one that really is that much of a complex Resident Evil feeling hub. Is the one you actually get in the demo because uh, mm -hmm. you cross over that area like six or seven times. Um, but the gameplay itself is fine. I kind of. This is going to sound really nitpicky, but the, the the animations from RE2 that they obviously are reusing, be honest, right. it's like an animated RE2 expansion, isn't it, in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, but the zombie bites and stuff like that, they take like about two hours longer than they should because you're used to shoving a knife in them or something. They should have, right. They could have sped them up or changed them a little because that really takes me out of it because it's like you're just waiting a good two seconds seeing this scary face before it takes a bite. You, know, you, you hold a button to like resist damage, but it doesn't do anything other than that. You can't like push them off faster or anything like that. That's kind of annoyed me. The dodge mechanic, uh, amazing. You know, when you know how to do it, it's perfect. It's it's uh, it's a game breaker in some regards. It's essential <laughs> for the hard difficulties. Uh, perhaps the best shotgun in a Resident Evil game ever. Uh, I I, I want to say this is this is a ridiculous like compliment, but hey, bear with me, right? I love me a Resident Evil shotgun. The Hydra in RE5, wow. Brilliant. The one in this one, fully upgraded, can flatten a crowd of six zombies in a shot. <laughs> that, that's like, that's OP. It's amazingly OP. I love that. The, the god complex the weapons give you, uh, unless you're playing as Carlos and you're fighting a hunter. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> uh, but the actual, like, the, the there's, there's something to be said about it's maybe streamlined too much, the gameplay. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's too easy to steamroll. Right, we'll definitely get into that. That's definitely a big uh, talking point. The, I've got on my notes that the range of weaponry was really cool. Um, it obviously, Remake 2 followed the RE2 classic somewhat by giving each character their own sort of set of weapons, whereas Jill just gets to run like rampant with a full gambit of everything. You mentioned the grenade launcher as well previously. Um, you know, combining the mind thrower in with that, I thought was a brilliant stroke of genius. You know, you're, you are cutting a, a weapon, sort of, but it's not really anything that's going to be missed. And you're not really cutting it because you just kind of, yeah, streamlining it perhaps in a good way in, in, in this segment. Um, the Carlos segments for me, well, I found to be a very welcome change of pace. Like it does, where Jill is fully kitted out with Carlos, sometimes you go back to just having a handgun and an assault rifle. Um, and that that's nice because it, it changes the pace and the mood up a little bit. Uh, James, what was your general feelings of the RE3 gameplay? Um, yeah, I, I uh, so straight from the off, it's not remake. Two, mm -hmm. like it's it's an it, it is even though remake two was an action game, this is like playing eighties, <laughs> an eighties movie in an action game. You know, it's it's it, uh yeah, it's 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 just very, and and also it feels um, I just sounds strange, and it kind of makes sense because she's a stars member, but it feels more regimented. Like I always know, you put you put four bullets into the head of a zombie, it drops. It's right, down. yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas in remake two, one, two, 
maybe three if you get lucky, four, five if you get really unlucky, right? It was a little bit funky when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, game, gameplay, the, the dodge, I only really got used to in my second playthrough. And man, it makes you feel really cool every <laughs> time you do it. it. It makes you feel so cool. I mean, I managed to uppercut um, Bloodborne Nemesis, as I call him, um, with my knife, right? Because of the dodge, right? I was like, I can't die now. I can't die because I know how to do this. This is great. Um, yeah, it was, and the weaponry is awesome, and you feel powerful. And I feel like you should feel powerful because you're Jill, Mother F, and Valentine, right? So you've got your star, you got stars uh, expertise, and you know how to use these weapons. Um, but I do feel as well that. There are some things that are just uh, forgotten and aren't really useful um, towards the end in terms of the gameplay. Like, hardly ever used my pistol towards right. the end of the game. I feel like I probably should just have, just have been my pistol. Um, actually, now I think about it, um, because at the end, actually three quarters of the way to the to the end, I don't use it at all uh, on any of the zombies. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we've already covered it. But a lot of reskins. Uh, a lot of reuse. Uh, I see the same. Um, I, c- I can't remember who the actor is, but there's a particular police officer zombie that I see all the time, um, and I I want to kill him most. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I just see him all the time. He's always you there. again. <laughs> the world's most recognizable zombie cop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what well, what else is there to talk about? Um, I didn't use uh, not as much in the demo as I did in the demo. I didn't use the do- the, the kind of this on the keyboard it's spacebar, mm-hmm. but the uh, kind of the positioning of Jill, you know, where you can dodge to the left, right, back. Right. I didn't use it as much as I did in the demo because um, I always felt like I had enough space to do what I could, um, which was which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like the gameplay was fun and it was easy to master. Um, oh, crits never happened. Crits never <laughs> happened. They never like they were they were they were. You've got I, to focus I, your aim, James. I was <laughs> focusing my goddamn aim. Right? <laughs> you could you could count on my on my hand on one of my hands how many times I crit on my first playthrough. Right with focus shots in remake two, I thought it was bad. But in remake three, she's freaking S T A R S. She should be critting more. Nemesis right? coming up, and like, what's wrong, bro? You're not getting crits, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is, I think I was getting just as many crits just by hip firing them than I was just, I mean, not technically hip fire, but you know, just quick aiming than I was from focus aiming. So I don't, I, I would love to know what those stats are. Uh, how they work all that. Mm. Fair enough. <laughs> There's an air of salt on the podcast. <laughs> no, yes. I, I have an entire container of salt that I just want to pour all over this game. I do, I do love it, but they're just some little things that we'll go over. That's, that's fair enough. I, um, in terms of the action style, you were talking about being like an action movie. Um, for me, that's sort of what I expected. Uh, so for me, I enjoyed that part quite a lot, in fact. I always thought it was really interesting that people say that RE3 is quite open-ended, sort of, I was going to say quasi-open world, but I'm sure some people will be brave enough to call it that. I 100% disagree. There's a bit at the beginning, maybe, where you can get some items in a few different orders. 
other than that, it's, you know, manically moving from set piece to set piece, especially after this sort of, like, uh, when you get on the tram and get to the clock tower. Um, that's, that, that, you know, it's not as open-ended as people seem to claim that it is. Um, and the Remake 3 did exactly the same kind of style of, sort of, the, the city streets. Um, and then after a certain point, you're just moving from place to place. So I was perfectly happy, because that's what I expected. Uh, the beginning, though, kind of threw me through a loop. Uh, so Jordan... I'd like to know what your reaction was to the beginning of the gameplay since you predicted a long time ago that it would be first person RE3 and and how did the game start up? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's a that's a great point. I mean, I I don't know how which episode it was, let's say maybe like in the first two or three episodes right. or so. Yeah. Everybody go back. Everybody go back. Go listen to the to the full shows. Make sure <laughs> check that. Right? Maybe maybe the first 10. <laughs> Heck, just bring yourself up today. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I said I thought it was going to be first person because I thought, well, you know, they may not necessarily go the same way with Remake 3 as they would with Remake 2. Uh, they, they might want to kind of branch back into Resident Evil 7. And obviously with those uh, rumors about Village, mm. there's clearly some interest from, from Capcom's side as well to still go for that. But then I started the game and, and what do you know? It's in first person. I'm walking around Jill Valentine in her apartment, walking around, and I was I was so happy. I was I was so happy. I turned it off. I I, I didn't play the rest of the game. Being being right couldn't you know, top, frankly. So um, so I, I don't really know the rest of the gameplay. No, to to get into my, my serious thoughts about the the, the gameplay, I will mm. say um, you know, in case I hadn't mentioned before on the podcast, double check just to be sure. But I did not play. Um, the original Resident Evil 3 uh, in, in really any kind of fashion. I might have watched other people play it a little bit, um, but my experience with Resident Evil 3 is just absolutely detached. Honestly, the closest I got was um, the Umbrella Chronicles. Sorry, Umbrella Chronicles? Oh, yeah. Umbrella oh Chronicles. no. <laughs> there you go. You know, like it's 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 very it's very distant. But mm -hmm. I know exactly, obviously, what it is, mm -hmm. uh, and I also know kind of like how you you meant to kind of approach it, and. Uh, Despite that, I just want to say that as, as a disclosure that my experience entirely comes from how I approach this following Remake 2. So right. I see it as a follow-up to Remake 2, not a remake to Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Uh, and in that respect, uh, it, it, it is actually it's a bit of a compliment to, uh, to, to Remake 2. Because if you're coming off the back of that, you've you've seen those latter stages of Remake 2, which are, you know, largely action-focused, you know, once you're in the final stretch, you know, once you're basically kind of given carte blanche to um, go crazy, you know, when it comes to Tyrant, you, you kind of have that bombastic ending. And so this game kind of being a little bit more free and easy with regards to how much you should use your ammo or how much you should conserve your ammo and uh you know just generally kind of like running blitzing through areas not having to worry so much about puzzles i thought was kind of refreshing mm -hmm. because um obviously that was the that was the notion in the original game anyway but if you're playing these one after another you're not necessarily going to want to roll right back to um, somebody who is, you know, a rookie cop on their first day. This is this is Jill Valentine, who has already went through an ordeal herself. She's already survived, um, you know, something something that was quite extreme. So it makes sense that 
you as the player connect with Jill as somebody who's already went through this um, and kind of knows how to deal with the situation. And also, it obviously helps that you know Raccoon City. Um, there's not too many crossovers um, across the game, but you know when they happen, you have a better inclination with you know navigating it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious to know exactly how this whole experience is received by people who didn't play Remake Two. Although I don't think there's that many uh, that would do that. I suppose maybe Resident Evil Three diehards who only played that game might check it out. But yeah, I, I, I didn't mind the gameplay. Um, the only thing I would say was that uh, I think it could have gone further um, because it's still it's still based in you know Remake Two sort of you know, game engine and, and sort of design spec. Uh, and as such, um, I think I think it could have been maybe a little more forgiving when it comes to taking down zombies, but maybe a little less forgiving in just how many zombies there were. Um, with just how fast you can kind of move um, and, and obviously the weapons that you get at your disposal throughout the game, it kind of felt like you could have done a bit more man management um, and, uh, you know, let the environment kind of, you know, envelop you at points. And, mm. uh, you know, as James pointed out, the, there's a lot of space. The game gives you a lot of space. So you never necessarily feel that you are getting uh, stuck or, or overwhelmed unless you're really being careless. Um, I mean, the sidestep's great. I didn't use it I didn't use it too much, but it feels really good. Um, and if you do it back and forth, you kind of look like Elena from Street Fighter doing the <laughs> standing <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I I had you know I, I felt a little bit of sort of reservation when I kind of like a lot of people saying it was short. We'll get into that. But um, I think for what it is, it's a it's a lovely brisk game. Uh, some great set pieces. Bosses are you know maybe a little bit weaker, but they were, it was the same in in remake too. Mm. Um, but as, as as the gameplay goes, uh, I, I think it I think it gels well enough. Yes, it works as a companion, like you say. It's it's similar, but different. Um, <clears throat> touching on bosses that you mentioned there, I thought they were uh, uh, definitely better than Remake 2's. Not fantastic, but uh, infinitely better than some of the stuff that we had to do over and over again in Resident Evil 2. Um, in general, I found this game to be uh, more inviting in a replay sense, and perhaps that's the punchy pace and and stuff like that, rather than uh, obviously RE2's style, which is geared towards running around in circles and going back and forth, which is you know something I love in its own right. Uh, but I found this uh, more yeah more inviting re- replayability wise, especially because I there are some points that I struggled difficulty wise. Um, even on standards, it got me a couple of times. So, you know, playing through it on hardcore, as I did last night, people saw in the server me, like, screaming for help. <laughs> um, and there are, you know, two more difficulty settings after that. So that's, whilst, you know, some people could argue that it's sort of, like, falsely padding itself with extra difficulties. And the very least, uh, some of those later difficulties, apparently, I haven't got to play Nightmare yet. Steve, you could perhaps touch on this. Uh, do yeah. mix up the gameplay a little bit by kind of a rearranging it, almost like a director's cut, you know, with items and stuff? Or Yeah, it's it's similar, but not quite. I mean, your key items are still in the same places. But mm-hmm. Like, weapons, well, specific, specifically, right at the start, when Jill's, like, leaving the train, uh, well, subway train, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a side pack and a magnum where there were two gunpowders. Uh, oh, wow. That should give you an idea what you're coming up against. Oh, that's and cool. the first 
like area where the first real zombie you have to go up against is, there's one of them. Then immediately around the corner, there's a squad of five. Um, <laughs> it, the, the, the population of Raccoon City is like double. Right, and interesting. Anywhere a zombie can fall off from above, it's going to. Which sounds right. silly, but they they will fall off of rooftops. They will like appear from nowhere. This. There's pale heads knocking around. There's pale heads with parasites knocking around. Wow. Um, slight spoiler. Uh, Brad does not die in his initial encounter with you. Um, liquors. There are more liquors in the game. Uh, spoilers, mm. there's liquors in the game. <laughs> we were going to get there eventually. Uh, yeah, they, they remix a lot. Nice, uh, item cool. placements and emmy placements. Yeah. Uh, I would argue that Nightmare is a remix of hardcore-like difficulty with the new items, and then Inferno is where the game takes the mick. Except, right. with the exclusion here, is the star of the show, whose speed has been increased dramatically. <laughs> way faster than Right, okay, interesting. I, uh, yeah, I'm interested to try that out, I've, even though I've been playing it a lot recently. I took a bit of a break. Uh, even though I've been playing it a lot recently, I'm interested to try out these other two difficulties to see if it sort of maybe alleviate some of the problems that Jordan said there that I hadn't really thought about. Maybe it needs to be a bit more overpopulated, perhaps, you know, that's a thing mm. in later difficulties. Um, speaking of the little break, though, it just playing through the game twice and then playing Resistance for a couple of days and then coming back, man, the... And we'll get to Resistance on another day. Uh, but, yeah, this game is so unbelievably fluid. When you take some time away to play something else and come back, uh, just the way that the game feel in general is is so nice. Uh, of all the nitpicks that we have and that are coming with other other you know parts of this game, the actual moving a character around this space I found incredibly uh, fun. It just it's just a fun ride basically. Just to sum it up. So let's get to the story a little bit, and we are going to get fully into spoilers from here on out. You know, touched on them, but this is going to be a spoiler cast, definitely. So if for some reason you haven't played the game for yourself or watched through it or whatever you choose to do, uh, maybe come back later. So let's get through the story, starting with the first person bit, as previously mentioned, which I thought was really cool. Uh, then the first sort of act, if you like, kind of threw me through a loop, to be honest. Uh, not a fan of the can I play the game segments that appear in this, where you're running away from Nemesis in the apartment building as well, you know, it's, it just, especially if you're playing it on a multiple, you know, second or third or fourth playthrough and you're skipping the cutscenes, you'll suddenly get to a bit where you just push forward for a little while, then another cutscene. And there's a few of those throughout the game, starting off with the beginning where you're just constantly skipping cutscenes on multiple replays. Um, <clears throat> and then after that, we just had all these um, nostalgic moments from the original just thrown at us. You know, you've got the appearance of Brad, you go through Bar Jack, there's Dario, oh, he's gone, parking garage, boom. Everything over before the game even really kicks off. Um, after that, things got better for me. But let, let's stay with the, the beginning. Um, James, how did you feel about this crazy rush that was the beginning of the story? Uh, I, I, I liked it. Um, the, the very beginning, um, I mean, I showcased it yesterday, actually, uh, you know, the bit where it's, it's a top over camera and you're running through the corridor away from nemesis mm -hmm. and the corridor is on fire. I mean, most of that, everything was on fire, but yeah. Uh, if, if you just wait in that corridor, he doesn't chase you. <laughs> so like, so you, there is, well, he, does, he kills you. He has a, he has a kill move. If you're in that, he's, he's talking about, we've got the creeps hands. 
Uh, he, he's like he, he's got like a, some kind of some kind of concrete slab in his. Yeah, side. he crushes you if you just. Start, I, I know because I kind of thought, what happens? All right, so he just depends the thing and he flattens you. Um, what is that like after four or five seconds? Because I was standing there for like two something and a half like seconds. That. You just stand there in front of him like a complete wally. You get crushed. <laughs> well, he al- he also stands there. It's like he's going, go on, go on, be free, little stars, be free. <laughs> you know, it's just like do your best. Um, but yeah, like I did feel like that first. Uh, I want to say four or five minutes is pretty scripted. Mm. You don't really have any sense of danger. So I was trying to get into it, into an immersive sense, a story sense, which I could do. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to control that bit. I felt like they could ju- could have just done a uh, a cutscene, that entire, th- that entire thing, like you said. Just an entire cutscene, then you could have skipped it. Mm. Right? And it, because... There's no way you, you will die at that point. Um, and then getting into the, uh, what would you call it? The uh, the demo section. What would that be? It's, yeah, it's called Downtown. Downtown, right. Yeah. Um, getting into Downtown, really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that, even though I only played it once. When I played it again, I felt like I knew where almost everything was. And that's coming from me, who's like really <laughs> bad, all that kind of stuff. Um, I felt like I knew where I was going, what my plan was. Even though when you look at the maps, it looks a bit confusing to a new, uh, an, like a new mind. It's mm. it's pretty well laid out, and I like it. Um, there's always several places you can go. Um, uh, yeah, um, I, I remember on my second, uh, it was uh, Steve's recommendation. I just rushed to the power station to get the lockpick. So I could, I rushed to it, forgot all, like I just skipped all the cutscenes, got the lockpick, and then just went back into the area and looted the entire place like the good loot donkey it was. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think everyone who played that first section would have got the got the pliers right. I'm going to go clear all the areas with the padlocks with pliers. Then you get the lockpick and do a second lap. Might as well just mm. do one lap when you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. you want to do a lap at all. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And I, I and that that's cool. That's cool. They allow you to do that. I didn't even. Realize you could do that. I thought there were certain story elements you had to go through, but no, you have you can skip straight through to that that power station section. Would you say the power station section is beginning of the game? Kind of is, right? Uh, I mean, technically you could, yeah. Uh, downtown's a bit of a weird one because it crops up briefly several times, and yeah, it depends on how how you want to treat it uh, and what order you want to do things in. Yeah. Um, Again, the whole scripted thing kind of comes in again around downtown. There's a lot of scripted stuff that didn't really need to happen. There's a lot of scripted zombies there, but uh, again, I'll talk about these scripted zombies more later on because they mm-hmm. do my head in. Um, they're just... yeah. I, I Listen, right? <laughs> I stabbed every single goddamn zombie in that game that was on the ground, right? And they just come back again, and I'm like, no, you're meant to be dead. You would stay dead. <laughs> like, I'm stabbing you in the head. Right, Steve's in the chat. It's like, yeah, you just stab him until they stop moving, obviously, because that's typically how you do it. You know? <laughs> and, like, I'm, like, sitting there stabbing it five, six times, and then it just comes back later anyway. I'm like, you have no head left. You shouldn't be doing this. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I enjoyed that first section. I enjoyed that, how fluid it was and how flowing it was. I just wish they would just cut that whole chase scene out, just turn it into mm-hmm. a cut scene. Mm-hmm. Steve, how did you feel about sort of, yeah, let's say from the beginning up to the power station? Uh, I like, when I first played it, obviously I'd already seen Sunny Stream, so I was going to like take a, uh, a time to just save the moment. And I was just, I spent the first 10 minutes just 
you know, wandering around Jill's room mm-hmm. and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, girl needs to clean her cooker. Well, not anymore. Now the city's been blown up. But you know, <laughs> state. And she must love her fast food. Like, she's got like a million fast food pam- pamphlets around her fridge. Uh, <laughs> goodness me, woman. I Like, you forget. Like, I'm feeling really wrong, attacked right now. Clean your <laughs> oven. Don't eat so much fast food. <laughs> <laughs> this is as bad as me. Um, I also have a Raccoon City uh, like chart up on the up on the wall with all these <laughs> screens connecting things. Yes, like got like a, a Moon's Donut like menu. What uh, anyway? Anyway, anyway, no. Yeah, I spent the opening uh, the opening bit was mostly me just, uh, looking around the room, but the chase sequence itself, I thought honestly it was fine. I agree, it could have been a cutscene. Uh, like it was, it's nice to now know that Jill got exploded out of her house for a reason. Uh, because in the original RE3, she gets exploded out of a building. Wham, there you go. You head, you've headbutted the car, you're fine. Um, you know, that is nice for the added context. Obviously, we don't know if Nemesis was chasing us before in the original, but yeah, I liked the old like, set piece, the, the set pieceness to it, but I wish there was more to do than just press forward and maybe shoot a single zombie and then press forward again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ending yeah. to that sequence is awesome. The whole like car smash on the rooftop, followed by the rocket launch to Nemesis. I love that. I, I, I never see that scene. I love it every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does get monotonous on replays, especially like Sai said, you skip, you press forward, you skip, you press forward, you skip. It's, that's not good game design. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. It kind of flies in the face of what um, Remake 2 achieved. Where you know you have the whole sort of gas station section, um, which kind of teaches you teaches you about the basics of the game, deals you with your first enemy, and then overwhelms you, mm-hmm. um, you know, with additional enemies. And you know, there's very little sort of interruption to that whole period. I couldn't tell you anything that I was necessarily taught from the the Resident Evil Three remake um, opening, um, apart from you got to keep running or you're going to get killed. Uh, but you're not even get, being killed by the character. You're being killed by the cutscene, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they could have condensed it. I mean, with regards to the story and, and the beginning of the story, um, wasn't a fan of the, uh, the, the live-action opening. Very I mean, kind of conquer, you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you kind of just said it on paper, live-action opening for a Resident Evil game, a lot of people would be very happy because they, they know what that looks like typically. And it's just not, it's just not the case here. It's, it's a bit kind of bland. And I felt like there was an opportunity missed to maybe... I get it. Most people know the, the story of Resident Evil and they know Jill uh, Valentine's character and all that. But kind of felt like they missed an opportunity to maybe kind of tie it in with both the events of Resident Evil 1 and mm. Resident Evil 2. Because it doesn't necessarily... It's not like it's treating it like... You know, for people who may have only played Remake 2 going on to this game, it's not treating it like Jill Valentine is a brand new character that you can start to learn about. Um, it is very clearly, you know, this is a character you should know by now. Um, and that's fine. But for people who are necessarily kind of coming in um, who haven't played uh, Remake 1 or it's um, it's just been kind of a case of a long time, it would just have been nice to kind of have that connection. It's just like, by the way, this is this is Jill. She's she's been through a lot herself yeah. um, and and she's she's planning to get out of there. Uh, so that was kind of a shame because I, I had no connection with sort of the live action intro at all. It's like. Uh, I don't know. It, it could have just been done a thousand ways better. Um, the story 
um, and the way it's handled obviously gets much better throughout the game. But yeah, that that you know, opening twenty minutes or so, it's just a lot of bits which are clumsy. I would say. Mm-hmm. I actually want to pee back off that slightly before we move on. Is that um, I think they almost did sort of like a wise thing. So the Resident Evil Three opening is perhaps the greatest opening in series history. The cutscene of the last stand of the RPD uh, against the wave of the undead. Uh, yeah, it's used in so many videos since Capcom or obviously otherwise YouTube, and you know we love using that video. It's it's a great cinematic, even you know twenty years later. Uh, I think it was wise of them to perhaps try and not redo it because um, there's a hell of a legacy to live up to. I just agree that what they decided to do instead fell very flat for me. It was very sort of generic almost, um, and it would have been nice to have a proper setup to the story so far. Or that, in a way, it would almost be like a nod to the previous games that often did start, you know, with a bizarre spree of murders, you know, something uh, like that would have been nice. But I thought it was a, quite a cold opening. Uh, so let's talk about the story in general, I guess. Um, I'm not really sure <laughs> where to start with this one. It, it's mostly the same. You know, the story of Resident Evil 3 is pretty basic. Jill tries to get out of the city, encounters the UBCS, Nemesis chases them, uh, and they uh, need to get out before the city explodes after the government decide that it's probably a good idea to wipe it off the map. That's basically all the essentials you need to hit. Uh, Generally, I thought it was handled well. We'll talk about cut content and stuff like that uh, in a little bit. But in terms of a story, it was okay. Um, the vaccine part at the end felt a little bit needless, but I think that's probably leading into something in the future. And I think it was inserted because the story in RE3 is kind of basic. Uh, but overall, the story was the story was fine. It wasn't super engaging from a storyline perspective, but it was carried very well by the characters for me. Uh, Jordan, how did you feel about the overall plot? Well, it was, I mean, it was very enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of cutscenes, um, and I'm sure it's already been a case that uh, people have uploaded a game movie on on YouTube that kind of pretty much brings all of the story together. I mean, to be honest, you know, when I was playing it, I couldn't help but feel, especially during you know some of the fantastic cutscenes, some great polish, just how good these games in terms of sort of a cinematic presentation are outpacing. The CGI movies. Now, I I know that's yeah. not that's not a massive um, achievement because the CGI movies were, you know, kind of a bit meh. But still, <laughs> it was it it was the fact that um, it it could actually stand on its own as this competent storytelling, and it's it's weird because that you know this series started with a game that clearly didn't have the budget. Um, to kind of really put anything forward that was overly serious or, um, you know, s- substantial when it comes to cinematic. And and yet this game, like, yeah, it was, it was, it was great to, to kind of be engrossed in that story. Like I say, it's, it's, you know, it's not the most complex story. Uh, and as far as sort of like the, the story beats go, I mean, it's, it's as simple as kind of the way that it, Changes from Jill to Carlos to Jill to Carlos to Jill. Mm. But I really liked it. 
I, uh, I honestly, I was just, I was so happy because there's been a lot of sort of, you know, hammy cutscenes in Resident Evil games, and they're they're lovable, but. I kind of felt like, wow, this this feels like a, watching an actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the characters are sort of well rounded, and they the, the acting's great. Um, I, I mean, obviously, my experience, uh, we, you know, with with Nemesis is, is sort of non-existent, so I don't necessarily know too much differences in the stories. But again, it, it complements perfectly fine with uh, remake two story, which was obviously a little bit more. Um, engaged with sort of unraveling the kind of conspiracy. This is just kind of like straight up, let's get the hell out of here by any means necessary. Yeah. Which again, sort of matches the pace of the gameplay. So it's nice to have the story and the gameplay coincide like that. Um, yeah. Steve, how did you feel about the story? Um, please don't rag on me too hard for forgetting the fact that Jill needs to get infected in that very brief rundown of story elements. <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel about the story? I generally, like, uh, to echo what Jordan said, this felt like a lot of times I felt like I was playing the best Terminator movie ever made. (laughs) Uh, Okay, it's not Terminator 2, but it it, it genuinely feels like this could have been uh, superior to any of the CGI films, and that's just watching the cutscene. Yeah. Like, um, the story itself, it's it's fairly straightforward. I mean, got to get the hell out of Dodge. But the actual way that Nemesis is portrayed, the, the chase so to speak. Um, every time the pace changes, it's left on a cliffhanger. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, for example, I mean, the last one's kind of semi-unresolved because Carlos goes, I've got to go do a thing. And then with Jill, we don't have any idea what Carlos is doing. Oh, I'm here at the end. Hi. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the actual stuff, like, I can't complain it. I can't knock it. The actual story itself seems fine. Like, just fine. Even the additions they've added, I know a lot of people are upset about subtractions. I'm sure we're going to get into that in a bit. But, I mean, for example, we've now got a reason why the vaccine is a vaccine. It's now umbrella-developed as opposed to just some dude in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, this Dr. Bard is a complete tool, but he's also now a part of the law. Mm. Uh, every single character is well done. Like, if anyone turns around and tells me this character in RE3 was done a disservice, you can, like, you know... Can, you can like Tyrell's an actual character. Yeah. Um, the only one who I'd argue is probably a little bit shortchanged is probably Murphy. But then mm. again, I can't remember much of what happened to him in the first one other than he got shot by the Carlos. He um, um, he almost gets more in this game just because he gets that file that explains sort of the history mm. of, of UBS, uh, CS sort of history very well. But you're right, a little yeah. bit more time of that character would have been nice. But at the same time, I mean, yeah. Every character in the game has had, like, I mean, even the characters, like, and a lot of people are going to be salty about Kendo and Mark. Rightfully so, there were right. teams in the trailers. Uh, but I mean, in the original RE3, Marvin was conscious, and in the original RE3, I don't think Kendo was in it. If no. I remember right, he was uh, he was busy in his shop, just like going, "This window looks a bit breakable." Um, <laughs> you know, so it's nice they were there at all to link it to RE2, yeah, it remake two. Um, I really, as as, as far, uh, sorry, I feel like a repeating point. It's but the the, the actual story elements of RE3, I think. I think they, uh, there's obviously room for improvement, but they are fine as they are, and the portrayals of the characters are bang on. Like this is probably my favourite version of Jill and Carlos. Nice. Maybe, 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 maybe second place on Jill. I'm not sure, but she, she's up there. Like the um, Nikki Lee Tom. Yes. Yeah. Did a bang up job. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll get a little bit into characters in a moment. But James, how do you feel about the sort of uh, story as it rounded out? 
Yeah, I think I'm just going to be doing a lot of repeating, really. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go. But yeah, it, it's a very simple story. Um, and not a lot has changed. And I kind of like that in a way because it means, well, I kind of like it and I don't because it means they haven't really taken any risks. But at the same time, it's like they they know their fan base. So they can't really take risks. Right. Um, so it's like, well, not not with RE3, you know, it's one of the first trilogy, you know, the first three games. So they can't really... Um, but I, I did. I did notice toward, at the right at the end. Um, I'm not sure the significance of the scene, but is it Jill that is takes the busted vaccine canister right. yeah. off a desk? Like so, I was. I'm not sure the significance of that. Right. So here's an interesting thing. Right. Okay. So the particularly well, all the characters, major characters in Resident Evil, really are kind of color coded. Maybe with the exception of Leon. You know, Chris always wears green. Jill always wears blue, Claire always wears red in some fashion. One particular character always wears green. One female character always wears green. Um, and Ooh, getting back go. to the Dusk Golem talk, and we were doing the deciphering on Discord. Obviously, we were going through the images that he'd been tweeting that week uh, about a month ago. And James, you yourself did the detective work and, and, and made them as more visibly you know, decipherable as possible because they were, you know, all... Photoshop and stuff, uh, and we correctly deciphered a picture of Rebecca, and things have changed. So there was a plan for a Rebecca appearance at some point, according to Dusk Golem, in one of these upcoming games. So I wonder if this is going to be leading into a future game, because it's, yeah, I don't know, that's, that's a theory, it's a theory, but I don't know why... <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's, I don't, it's a side I, theory. I, <laughs> I, I just don't know I don't why they would... I don't have to say anything, do I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you're the one that brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like I seen it and I was like, hmm, this is weird. But at the same time, I think when I completed it, it was like 1 a.m. in the morning. Right. I don't want to get I didn't really... crazy into like speculative theory. But if you're going to give a character uh, the vaccine dial that did have the T-virus antidote in it, uh, you probably want to give it to someone with virology know-how, some kind of you know biological expert that may be able to scrape something off of it and do something with it. So to me, it seems pretty clear that's where they're going, or at least that's their intention. They could always change it later because it's vague enough, right? Who, who says, yeah. says that you know Jill doesn't have a green strappy top? You know, it could be anyone. I, well, I love should, that we should idea. Though. These thoughts for now, shouldn't we, gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> but but, Re but Rebecca Chambers can do anything. <laughs> I, I, I do love that idea of color coding though i mean um yeah. I, I never thought of that um although during my playthrough because you can change like your the, the reticle and the dot site and i just i immediately changed it to blue because i'm playing as jill so <laughs> there you go blue. then see wow. yeah. uh... now that's uh, that's interesting because i mean you don't necessarily notice it but your brain did and uh <laughs> i i, I do now notice it that yeah that could be that could be a really interesting lead. I mean, obviously we might not see anything come of that for a few years, but I like the idea that of of mm. a possibility, a theory that these remakes could actually then lead into brand new games. Now here's the thing, right? Here we go. We're gonna go, I'm gonna go and attack this one now while we're here. So Resident Evil Three remake, Capcom have said that these remakes and the original games all take place at once <clears throat> um, 
And if there is, and I said in a podcast at one point, uh, that if at any point um, something doesn't coincide with another and there's some kind of contradiction, go with the original game. In that case, Resident Evil 3 Remake, whilst apparently it exists in line with Resident Evil 3, it's non-canon. It cannot exist at all. It changes so much that it cannot exist. Ergo worries now that they're going to build off these games into new games. For, for me, this game is... If, you, if Capcom's word on it is uh, that all these games exist in the same timeline and just pick and choose what you like, but also they say, you know, the original games take precedence, you kind of can't do that when it changes so much. Um, with the exception of, you know, a few files that, you know, build up the gammas and stuff like that. There is so much change here um, that I just... They need to come out and be more specific with it. Whether that specific is, okay, we're replacing the original timeline and annoy many long-term fans, particularly those that have written, you know, 6,000 pages worth of timeline. Shout out to the Batman. Um, I... Or, you know, they just need to put it in stone that this is another timeline and we have a remake universe and that's probably the correct way to handle it. And that's the way that I've always thought about it and that's the way I've gone into this game thinking about it and any of the changes that they've made I've been totally fine with because after Remake 2 I just kind of felt like, well, okay, we, we were, on a, we're on a separate universe. That's the way I'm looking at it. Whether or not Capcom have told me that's what it is. That's I mean, the way it might that sound petulant. It might sound petulant, but I think that's the best way to go. Like, even if Capcom say, no, they're the same universe. No, Capcom, you've got Transformers, you've got Transformers animated. Dude, right. There's no, there's no problem. I don't see any reason not to do that. There's no bad, you know, juju that comes with that. I think it's probably a good thing. It means you can do more. Yeah. Um, if you decide that this game replaces the original Resident Evil 3, then, well, okay, so they could buy to Outbreak 1 and 2 completely. they no longer happen at all. Um, a bunch of the comics, uh, probably Resident Evil 2 as well. It's, yeah, obviously this is probably a debate for another podcast that, you know, gets really in-depth with these things. But for where I stand, it's a tricky one. We need a split timeline. Yes. When Nemesis was defeated, Carlos played <laughs> the Ocarina of Time and sent Jill back <laughs> oh. to the <laughs> oh no! But I, I, I do. I love like as again. This is my second mention of it, and it's a subject that I know quite a lot about, and that's the Alien universe, <laughs> where they have so many what ifs like right. out in the expanded universe, and it is, it is, uh, uh, what's the word? It has rejuvenated the mm-hmm. universe for me. It's made it even better. So if yeah, if you get that if you get that mindset, you can really enjoy a franchise even yes. more if you just accept that this is the way it is. It's it's fiction, and don't <laughs> where, where, where people some people will you know they they forget that it's fiction, you know, and you're meant to enjoy uh, the aspects of this fiction like the best way you can. And if this is the best way you can enjoy it, then you're not wrong for enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah, um, I um, I think it's the I think it's the way to go because as I've mentioned before, coming into remake two, I was very worried about how they were going to handle it and what the potential quote unquote damage it could do. Uh, but you know, coming up with the split timeline idea, like you say, it's it's rejuvenation rather than uh, potentially turning people away. Because I would I would be very 
um, hesitant about the future of you know their their choices now to sort of replace games completely and take games out of the story um, in favour of these. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's not the right way to look at it. And I know there's a pun- bunch of different viewpoints on this, so I don't want to stay with it too long. Uh, but we're in a strange state of flux. Anything could happen, to be honest, at this point. I mean, can't you take the unreliable relate the, the unreliable re- um, narrator angle? A bit like Umbrella Con, of course, <laughs> can be seen as an unreliable narration by Wesker because he completely retcons Barry out, right? Uh, see, there's the same kind of thing for the remakes. It's like someone else's faulty retelling or someone telling the mm-hmm. truth, whereas the original was not the truth. So, mm-hmm. I think oh. we mentioned in the Sherry episode you could do that with remake too. I just don't think mm-hmm. that's possible with this game. I mean, there's so many jigsaw pieces, but they some of them can fit in the same slot and override the others. It's mm-hmm. impossible to make it all fit. Yeah, I just, it's obviously the Nathaniel Bard thing is one of the big things where it's, you know, I actually quite like, like as you mentioned, you know, the reason that Umbrella came up with the cure themselves, that makes sense rather than random blokes in a hospital. Uh, mm. If you do remove that, then it, it makes some, some big changes and stuff like that. But God damn Nathaniel Bard. <laughs> God damn <Sorry>. Nathaniel Bard. <laughs> so uh, let's, sure. let's move away from that, I think. Um, uh, can, can, I, can I say some more things on story? Oh, sure. Please do. I cut you off. Yeah. Um. So I, uh, uh, I, because because this is a, uh, I, I love voice acting and acting in general and storyboarding. Really, really enjoyed the voice acting as usual. Mm-hmm. It really, uh, like if if the game. Uh. So I always I I always kind of look at it this way. Say if a game was just run by dialogue boxes. Kind of like old Final Fantasy VII was, yeah, right, and you know, or, or the old RE, you know, and um, the g- games don't work so well, especially nowadays. If you do that, if if the, if the gameplay is a little bit lacking or something's a little bit lacking, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, the voice the voice direction and everything was was great. Jill really really enjoyed it when I didn't really give a hoot about like Jill at all prior to this. Like I've said this numerous times. I know it's it's weird, but I felt like she didn't really have the charisma that I connected with. Um, not typically in a game, but in this game, uh, I did. And like in, in Resident Evil 5 as well, uh, where she gets the the heart bug ripped out of her, she gets a little bit more personality again. And that's when I first realized that, oh, this... This character has a little bit something, and then in remake three, I actually see that personality. Also, I get the names mixed up, so I really apologize if I did. But Nikolai, bad guy Nikolai, mm-hmm. right? Okay, mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to remember it from now on. Bad guy Nikolai. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so all the way through my for my for my playthrough of that that game, I was just looking at that gorgeous man. <laughs> he is. He is so good. He's such a good bad guy. And I, I love yeah. him. Yeah, I've got to jump in. He is probably the like the best looking character. Not like just just in in general, like the mocap looked really good. Um, very expressive. Other all characters were, but yeah, he in particular, considering he needs to be a bit of a sort of a side and you know adversary, um, worked really well. Nice and sort of punchable as a character. <laughs> Damn you! They gave Showing him... up every time. Right, they gave him that stone-faced, cold killer. Nikolai is the most expressionist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him yeah, some like real slime, though, didn't he? Like laughing at his own jokes and stuff. That's at me. yeah, you know, where he's yeah, like he's waving proper, behind proper the window shivering. in the train. You know, 
and then and then in contrast, Mikhail is so good as a good character. Mm-hmm. Like it's, he's so good, and he gets that hero like kind of send off um, by calling the nemesis a <laughs> bird. Like I don't know where off my train. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like when he said that, I was like. That makes no sense, but I love it. I, know. I love you. <laughs> I know. I, I laughed, but immediately it was like, yeah, okay. And it gets better, obviously, because uh, in the later fight, um, Jill can also call Nemesis a <laughs> bird, <laughs> which I thought was lovely. I thought it was a great little through line to show I, the impact I, that Mikhail had on here. I think as far as additions to the game, um, the course language in both Remake 2 and Remake 3 is a very welcome addition. These char- it adds to the expression of the characters so much, and it especially um, created a wider appeal for me for, for Jill when I was mm. playing as her. The amount of times that she swears and the way that she swears is very, you know, very colorful and creative, and it was very enjoyable. Like she said, she swears at all the right times. <laughs> kind of like, yeah. yeah, let you know, let's take this sucker down. It's great, yeah. um, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's just weird to think about because you don't see maybe you do see swearing a lot in in Japanese developed games, but you know I I feel like it's it's not typical and it's not always localized to add a lot of swearing if you know mm. what I mean. So whenever whenever a Japanese developed game in particular where I've seen characters for years never swear, all of a sudden drop an f bomb. I don't know. There's something satisfying about it. <laughs> I, uh, a bit, it's a little bit naughty. <laughs> so I, yeah, no. I gem- generally agree with with all the points about the characters. Like Mikhail has such a great warmness that plays off of Nikolai's awful. And if we're talking about the sort of like the what if scenarios, I'd love to see something more of those characters potentially where they clash because they have that moment when Mikhail's very suspicious of Nikolai and he kind of figures out there's something up before it's, you know, obviously way too late. Um, But in terms of Jill and her expressiveness as well, I particularly liked her and sort sort of like, you can feel sort of like a genuine fondness growing between her and Carlos. They didn't push it too far or anything. You know, he sort of comes onto her a little bit at the beginning. Uh, but he's quite professional, and there's a little bit of flirting, and yeah, just I just loved it. I thought that the, the sort of interaction between those characters was great, and the the mocap and the you know the facial capture uh, did wonders, especially for Jill between those two characters. In the most Terminator, uh, like you know, reminiscent of Resident Evil, game, got like Ellen Ripley and Kyle, Kyle Reese essentially being best mates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a sci-fi wet yeah. dream. Yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong, can you? I mean, even the nemesis, I would argue, is a sort of a character now. Like, I, I see a cruel sadism in the way he does mm. me. Um, I just want to shout out, I mean, we all have favourite Jill one-liners by now, right? Yes. Have we got a pivotal yet? Have we got, like, a, a, a number one? Can't even swim for me. It's got to be. The can't even swim is my favourite. Like, you can tell she just added north of nemesis. can't even <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think she uh, says suck it down during one of the boss fights I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think she like I, 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 she, she sticks a weapon like right in the throat or something like that yeah that, yeah, something like that uh, yeah, God, I don't cheesy. know I, love it. I, I don't also know I, I, I said it I said it in the chat but I also you know when uh, it's just before the Mikhail <laughs> bad moment but 
Uh, how many bleeps in this episode? <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah, um, when Carlos, uh, when she realizes what's happening, uh, like she's going to have to leave and Carlos is going to have to stay behind. And he says, uh, um, don't worry, I won't leave you in a Carlos-less world. Yes. Right? And then she turns around to him and says, the sexiest okay I've ever heard. <laughs> right? She's just like super sassy. She's like, okay. <laughs> right, walks in. I'm like, okay, yeah, you just you just melted my heart. Yeah, I thought that was a particularly great moment. That's the one that I was picturing in my head when I was talking about it as well. Definitely, um, excellent chemistry between the two. Yeah, yeah. definitely, one hundred percent. Yeah, obviously the actors um, did a great job because I think it sometimes can. I, obviously, I don't know exactly how involved they are as far as sort of like whether it's voice acting, whether it's full sort of mocap suits or anything like that, because it can vary between different. Um, Mm -hmm. studios and stuff but no it can be quite difficult and i would say there's a lot of photorealistic games that use motion capture these days not all of them hit the mark the mark that you kind of want to hit is is what naughty dog do with a lot of their games um and it absolutely is is up there this you know these two remakes have really kind of hit that stride of making characters that are so expressive that you you relate to them right. proper. They're, they're yeah. not just an avatar. Um, they are somebody that's going through this. And yeah, the, the acting all around is just great. It's wonderful that you can see a kind of through line, can't you? And we talked about this before, from the beginning of the RE engine till now, um, the three Resident Evil entries at least, because I haven't played uh, DMC5 or, or anything else released on the engine, um, if there is anything else. But the the you know you can see with great rate how improved the, the facial capture and stuff is. RE7 looks a little bit awkward now um, compared to RE2. And RE3, again, is just another level after that. Uh, we're talking about great lines as well. We're talking about some other characters. Uh, a very simple line that now will live in infamy. Sorry! Oh, Brad! <laughs> what a moment! Brad given the bub treatment... Uh, I love that. Again, like I'm talking about a little bit earlier about the the, the canon debate. Um, but what a fantastic way to wrap up um, Brad and Marvin. We got the Brad zombie eventually in the in the remake mm -hmm. universe, if that's how we're treating it. And we got our answer to how Marvin got, uh, you know, Do not hesitate. wounded. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's ex And it feeds back into that game. You know, even if it's someone you know, do not hesitate. Um, it really caught me off guard that that line. It's a really great moment. It's and, so well done, and, and and obviously sort of Marvin's reaction to it as well. It's just kind of wait, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, bless his heart. It's Rest it's a wonderful um, it's it's a wonderful zombie like, film or show trope as well. That mm. kind of that dis disarming somebody um, we you know who doesn't quite understand that somebody's lost. Um, and you know how it can kind of undercut their the efforts to try and survive. Really good. Mm -hmm. What do we think then, gang? Do we think uh, Brad was actually apologising, or was he just kind of parroting what Marvin was saying? I think it was basically like you know, because I mean, the zombies themselves they were like you, yeah, stuff like that. I think it was like the last little piece of his humanity trying to like you know resist, but it didn't. <laughs> now talking zombies is a bit of a grey area in Resident Evil but it's better yeah. than what happened in Vendetta Jesus <laughs> uh, oh, that, that child's just creepy and rubbish now at least, <laughs> at least Brad's heartfelt with this you know mm. 
Meanwhile, the Ganados are completely fine. <laughs> I mean, they swear at me in Spanish all the time. They can still, t- they can still tell you where the nearest train station is. In Spanish. Well, I mean, uh, is it, I actually feel kind of bad because straight after that, Carlos goes, I've got this f***. And they're like, oh, but I don't want... He, d- he didn't mean anything by it, Carlos. Right, I'll punch him. Get <laughs> so on my, on my first playthrough, um, I heard uh tyrell say over the radio um just ignore him run by him and because of that cutscene, that's what i did mm-hmm. right I, I i didn't bother hitting him i didn't want to hit him because mm-hmm. of that what just I, happened i, love I just choice. ran by him and, and ran into the the station however this meant i had a really rough time in the police station because <laughs> i didn't have the id card so i didn't get a lot of really important stuff like the yeah. scope, for instance, which is pretty much crucial now. I played it a second time. I actually did kind of similar on my first playthrough. Um, I killed Brad, uh, and, and as the final shot landed, Tyrell said the door's open, so I ran straight to the door. Didn't realize that Brad even dropped anything, so I killed him and then didn't get the reward. So, um, and I just thought, oh, these boxes will be here. You know, they need a stars card. Oh, you know, Jill will be coming through here later. Then maybe, and maybe that's just something to you know keep some supplies in reserve for her. So <laughs> I had the same thing where I didn't uh, get to get the scope or any of the extra ammo as well. And now, reading the file, note to a friend from Resident Evil 3 2020, Smiley, who you can follow on Twitter at PRCAT88. Hector, if you're reading this, I'm already dead. If you hear any noises coming from the locker, do not open it. Please. While you were out on patrol, I focused on finding a way to get to the other side. I realized that explosives might be our best bet. I managed to rig up a pretty good bomb, but we don't have any batteries for the detonator. I'm pretty sure I sent one to the safety deposit room during intake last week. We need that battery if we're going to knock this wall down. So I headed upstairs to find you since I know you have the safety deposit room key. As soon as I left the shower room, I was attacked. One of them bit me. I washed the wound as best as I could, but I feel worse and worse. I hope I don't need to spell out why you must not open that locker. Please don't worry about me. Just get yourself out of here as fast as you can. Your buddy, Wes. P.S. Don't worry about that $600 I lent you. Think of it as a gift toward your upcoming move. Good luck, buddy. Right, so with characters out of the way, uh, let's move on to creatures. Um, So, uh, this one's uh, an interesting one. Um, We do have some cuts, uh, but we also have... I guess a lot of the key components are still here. Um, As we knew, the Drain DMOs are back. They are redesigned, and as I said on the demo podcast, I do like the new design. Uh, They made me quite skittish, especially with their new ability, which is incredibly annoying. Um, The Pellheads were back. They're they're canon to this universe now, and also annoying. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, as we previously mentioned, Lick has made a nice return appearance, non-stunlockable, and and the, the Gammas and the Betas are here as well, but we'll get to that. Obviously, the big cut, 
And we talked a lot about how to improve RE3 remake over the original would be to add more bosses. We got less this time around. The Gravedigger is completely cut from the game. And um, continuating, continuing the kind of lack of spiders and the lack of crows from Remake 2, none, neither of those came back. Uh, which to me, <laughs> here's a theory for you, side theory for you. The Code Veronica remake can't happen now because there's, you know, nobody has the balls to make spiders in a Resident Evil remake. Uh, and you can't do <laughs> CV without spiders and moths, so ergo no CV remake. Uh, kidding aside, how do we feel about the, the general overview of, of creatures? Uh, Jordan starts off. Well, it's a nice, it's a nice variety. Um, obviously, I can't say that I, I <clears> you know, miss... The, the ones that were omitted because I didn't play the original. Yeah. I think I've said that three times. I've said that enough now. <laughs> um, but uh, the characters that were there, um, I think are very well designed in, in just how horrible and gross they were. I particularly like, um, is it Hunter Gamma? Now, That's the, the sewer ones, yeah. The sewers yeah. Were, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I obviously, like, I like the idea that it, it practically encompasses the whole of the hallway. Um, I like the I, I like the idea of it of there being you know these enemies which are basically saying you ain't getting past <laughs> you know yeah. you've got to fight your way through me. Um, although they, if you, if you go if you walk too far back, they uh, they just turn away and they skit off and it's really funny because <laughs> they got those little legs and they just they just like run off with the the big blobby head and uh, you're like oh okay it's not. It's not that scary. It's not like it's pursuing me and stuff like that. <laughs> um, pale heads were were cool. Um, I mean, it's kind of you know, it's got a little bit of free regenerative vibe. I, you know, it's weird because they're quite sort of simplistic in their sort of their look and mm. design, but they're, they're still uh, unsettling. Um, but yeah, just you know, in, in general. Uh, you know, it's it's following much in the same vein as as remake two. Um, you can't really say anything about the zombies, I suppose, because well, yeah. they're all pretty much the same zombies. Uh, but that was th that was the one that stood out to me was was Hunter Gamma. Nice, fair. Enough. I I'm in agreement with that in a way. I loved that. Um, so in the original RE three, they barely show up. Really, you can run straight past them. There's there's one room where they're guaranteed to be there, and you can run straight out, and then they might show up again later. So that they're unfortunately not really in the game much. Um, so this time they got a little bit of limelight. They're kind of they're they're pretty easy to get through, but it was nice to see them given their own sort of uh, whole area and a little bit of lore as well with the files kind of explaining that they were regarded as failures but one of the scientists basically couldn't let go i really like that whole section um steve how do you feel about the overview of creatures generally i liked a lot of them like uh, obviously the emissions are a bit of a shame but i do like what we got i i also i, I would argue that grave digger lives on in the gamma's face mm. <laughs> yeah like uh I, 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 why even bother putting the dogs in is my question because they're not like two of them in the game on normal mode why is why you, you could have used that asset for something? You, right, there, there's two instances I think, and I, and I remember this because the second time they appeared, I said out loud, "Oh yeah, there's dogs in this game." So yeah, <laughs> there's more in the hard difficulties, but what's the point? Like mm. you just you could have put something more interesting in the place. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the revised drain demos are absolute swines. Like, <laughs> if you get the bad RNG and they keep landing that grab and you don't see it coming and they spawn behind you, you just, you just like, oh, I'll just be parasitized for the entirety of this event, shall I? Yeah. Um, 
I do like them as a whole because, like, you know, that's the first face hugger style enemy we've had in a while. Yeah, like, you know, where they can actually infect. And I would argue parasite status is infinitely worse than poison status because it not only drains your health if you die, you get one of the most disgusting death scenes in the game. Oh, I'll have to uh, lot, look that one up. A lot horrible death scenes. Yeah. Mm. Um, now the uh, the the gammas, I, I like them. Like, I kind of feel bad for the classic fans because the classic fans they basically were hunters with a big head that could swallow you. Yeah. Whereas now. They're not even hunters anymore. They're just a big mouth on legs. Well, yeah. All right. They kind of remind me. Their actual aesthetic reminds me of Revela- uh, Resident Evil Revelations One. That mm-hmm. kind of wet, bloated, dead skin look. And I think it looks really good on them. I, I know it sounds peculiar to say that, but it looks really good on them. Like you know, they should <laughs> they should wear that out more. Um, <laughs> uh, the the new star of the show, however. Yeah. My God, the hunter baiters. Oh, they. they uh, I'd say they look more intimidating than I was expecting, but their actual moveset makes me want to just, like, eat the pad. <laughs> like, I know James is probably going to say this in a second, but his first playthrough, he only got insta-killed by them once. They killed me more than Nemesis did the swines. Like, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, I, uh, I, I had my first experience with them ended that way with, you know, my, my yeah. Someone uh, in them, somewhere in Cap- Capcom, they've got like a, the whiteboard. It's what make hunters more relevant than liquors. Yeah. Okay. I mean, to be honest, as a fan, that's the way I feel that it should be. So I was really yeah. happy with the way that they handled them. They're different, but they're really great. The way they move and, and yeah, very, very impressed with how well they pulled that one off. Oh, definitely. They're Thanks. just absolute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I do know, James. How do you feel about the uh, the roster of creatures? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna touch on something I was talking about earlier on. Um, zombies feel a little bit more automated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, the scripted zombies. I don't think there was any scripted zombies, as I call them, in remake two. Um, or if they were, I didn't see them because they were off off shot. Um, but there was a lot of little jiggery pokery that was happening with the zombies behind the camera that you don't see, um, such as zombies just disappearing, right? Just straight up disappearing, which completely threw me off. In fact, it's not just zombies; it's every monster. Um, if you just skip to a certain plot point, um, but yeah, they four shots to the head. They normally go down, stab them. If they reach out once, they're probably not dead. Keep stabbing, um, and they're down. Uh, dogs, dogs I've always had trouble with. And when you see them, um, you're in a really tight corridor, and it's pretty hard to to attack them. But, yeah, you, you guys are right. Like They could have been removed. They weren't really a, a big – like it, weren't, it wasn't really a big reveal. It was like they were just shoehorned in there mm. for that just section, for that section. Um uh, next up, yeah, the Drain Demos. Uh, so I have, although that section was really creepy and really well done, um, it reminded me of Alien Isolation, and I was right at home. <laughs> <laughs> not, I just, yeah, and uh, I turned into freaking Ellen slash Amanda Ripley in those corridors, and I was just blasted away with my shotgun. Um, and yeah, those demosses. I never had the uh, the the death animation, but now I kind of want to do it because I I want to see what it looks like. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird that whole area is like the aesthetic of Dead Space. 
It is. Mm. Yeah, necromorph kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really like I, I, I did I did like him, but um I I they they weren't too much of a, a, a trouble with me. Um then there's Hunter Gammas, which again, not really much of a problem if you have a grenade launcher or a mm. shotgun and you just are patient. Um and then Hunter Beaters is where the game F's me. <laughs> like <laughs> Hunter Beaters, and you know, my second playthrough, it absolutely crapped me up. If you, um, I had a six, a sixth sense moment. So when you're going through the hospital and you're going down one of the corridors, on my second playthrough, I didn't notice on my first, but a hunter just rushes by you down a corridor, right? And it like sent shivers down my spine. And that was on the <laughs> second playthrough, right? Uh, and then later on, I think that. I mean, I'm not going to say that was the reason because I feel like it was just because pressure was streaming maybe and also being late. But yeah, I think that kind of added to me dying mm. upwards maybe more than 10 times to the first hunter and then continually dying to them because I just couldn't get the timing right. They are tough. And considering everything else in the game, I found at that point was easily kind of uh, you could easily send it off if mm. you were just clever. The hunters are no, that's pure instinct. You have to just, you have to just be better than they are, <laughs> right? And it's just that's really cool because it just changes the game up. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, are we? Is, is Nemesis going to be a different section? No, or? let's let's do Nemesis now. Right. So, first Nemesis iteration. Uh, when you see him, when he's all binned up, black binned up. Like midline nemesis, yeah, yeah ter Terminator nemesis. He's kind of okay. He looks, he looked cool. Then when his hat comes off, it's um, it's a bit weird. I wasn't really that scared of him, right? But then when <laughs> when uh, Beep can't swim and then he jumps onto the bridge, I was like, whoa, this game just got really cool, <laughs> right? Because immediately I was seeing very um, Miyazaki. Dark Souls ish kind of vibes mm. from that boss, and I went into Dark Souls mode with the boss in 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 um when when you faced him in that square, and then later on when you faced him as well, I just it's got Blood Starved Nemesis. Sorry, it really it really is. It looks like it looks like the Blood Starved Beast. Um, yeah, and uh, I just uh, I just went really balls to the wall with him, and he looks so cool when he uh, when he's in his. Uh, stage two and stage three and then his stage four is a i mean it's a blobby resident evil monster yeah so i kind of uh, what's it called has it got a name no nah. is it just stage four final nemesis i don't know that, that, you, you're getting a bit skewed james uh, there's stage one which is bipedal stage four which is quadruped then there's stage three oh, oh i thought stage two was quadrupedal yeah it yeah is. stage two is quadrupedal yeah stage oh, okay. three is the blob there's like this sort of a mid stage for stage two where he's got a tentacle arm instead of a normal. Oh, I, uh, I thought he got bigger after the bridge stage, but no. Okay. You could okay. also just well, name yeah. it after the different uh, achievements you get based on which type you've just defeated. Because it's like Nemesis down, Nemesis down, Nemesis down, Nemesis down. <laughs> <laughs> if but, we're talking Nemi, though, man, am I the only one who like loved bipedal Nemesis? Like the time he drops that rocket launcher, I get chills. Like, oh god, um, <laughs> fire that, fire that thing at me, leather daddy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, God damn, I, bipedal, I, I mean, talk about underused. Like, I can feel like all the people whining about Mr. X in RE2 Remake has kind of nerfed him. Like, because mm. the only time Nemesis truly scares the daylights out of me is the first time he appears as an in-game threat. Like, when you've got to run to the power station back. Like, yeah. he's yeah. deadly. But after that, he's, he's set PC. He, he, he owns the set pieces he's in. He's fun. And every scene is into the light, but he's underutilized. Somehow, despite being the main focus threat, he's underutilized. Right, exactly. He, um, <clears throat> I love the design, and I, like you say, I love the pieces where he shows up, when he shows up with the rocket launcher and, and, and all those moments, and the further mutations. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. And um, But I, I just feel like he did lack a lot of presence, which is a, a shame. You know, He's not the first yeah. stalker in the series, but he's sort of the, you know, the one that everyone remembers. He's the truest stalker, if you like. And they just sort of neutered him there. You know, I thought I was getting fatigue from that, from Mr. X and um, Jack Baker a little bit. But, uh, you know, I kind of missed it. Though the moments that he does show up where he can drop out of the air, uh, Batman style or whatever, um, are, are enjoyable. There's just not many of them. And after a certain point, basically after you get on the, the subway train, that's it, isn't it? You know, because then he becomes the bipedal monster and he only shows up for, for cutscenes and boss fights. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I, I, in a way, it's nice because you, you don't have to worry too much about, you know, when's he going to show up and, you know, in the way that T-103's standing outside the door and, you know, this is this is becoming a problem now and I'm getting a bit irritated about trying to get round him, maybe. Uh, I had a slightly different reaction to that because mm. I constantly tried to keep myself equipped in case I was about to walk into another Nemesis boss fight. Sure. Just because of the, the way the, the the story went. Um, but yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the way it should have been. Like maybe I should have had that feeling that maybe he could have come back. But I, I felt like after the the clock tower, that was probably it in terms of stalker. That would have been a no, nice think... shock, you know, if they'd have had him stalking you around as the... Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> if we dog. both had the exact same reaction, if we both had the reaction um, to, to kind of be wary, it would have been a bigger success. But mm. I say it's kind of, it is a little bit sort of diminished and it was hard to follow up what they did with, with Mr. X because yeah. they were, you know, it was really competent with that. I... I said when you know we were looking at the sort of the first reveal of the new nemesis design that i wasn't necessarily um in, in love with the the changes that they made I, I think it was just because like you know while i did play a game it's like i could see the renders i could i, I could see the artwork of, of nemesis throughout the years and he's always been terrifying um and i just uh, i don't know it kind of it, it felt like he was almost a little too familiar right yeah um, yeah and when it got to when it got to the fight after the bridge, I think it like follows like straight after the bridge, mm. and um, every now and then he takes a break to go and have some zoomies, and he just like, runs around <laughs> like an energetic dog. I just I, I don't know. I felt a little bit sort of de detached from it. It's like decent decent boss, and I, I think it you know if you were to sort of like look at the models, some really nice designs there. Sure, um, but yeah, I was missing that presence. Definitely didn't have that moment that everybody had with Mr. X, you know, where he's like pushing away the helicopter and you you see Mr. X for the first time in his full, you know, trench coat and hat. And it's it's scary. Um, it's a real presence. And Nemesis, unfortunately, I didn't feel he had that. Yeah, he has I like think one wall boss, doesn't he? And that's it. Yeah. 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 Which I missed the first time. <laughs> 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 I, 
I don't know how. Um, like there's there's no sort of like corrective camera for those cinematic moments. So you could just be looking the other way, and I just I I think I happened to be looking back at the building as I was walking along, and then I just heard, and I'd seen it from the like the gameplay trailers and stuff like that, so I knew it was going to happen. But I was kind of like, oh, I just <laughs> I missed one of the big moments of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I think maybe that feeling would have been alleviated if there was another area for him to stomp around in. Because really, the only bit where he gets to do traditional nemesis things is downtown. Um, which, A, we all kind of knew fairly well from the demo anyway. And B, you've got to run through it several times. So you, you get the layout down pretty easy. You can get in and out, mm-hmm. you know, do what you've got to do. Um, that's the only time that he... You have to deal with him in the situation you know, where he's got that move set where he can grab you and all, all that good stuff. Uh, it's really hard to contend with him on harder difficulties. Um, but it's, yeah, so so brief, unfortunately, that it doesn't really leave an impact. It there boggles is one... my mind. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 go on, Steve. Cool. It, it boggles my mind that he has such a diverse and complex mm. move set in that sequence. And he literally can do that, like, bipedal, no weapons nemesis is only two times. Walking to the packs, walking to put the power on, and then it's walking back to the train station. Like, oh, sorry, no, there's three times, technically, you can blow him up with a barrel as well. It's like, why even bother with that much effort to then use him, like, for... Right, yeah. But it's got to be some kind of counterbalance for people complaining about this. Very sorry, possible, Sorry, that's what it feels yeah. like. Very possible. That's probably why there's save rooms every two seconds as well. <laughs> like... There was one moment, um, you know, when it's, like, running away from Nemesis, and I couldn't tell whether it was just purely scripting trying to course correct or or whether there was some kind of glitch um it happens when you're you know making your way back to the the subway station and nemesis shows up in front of the gate um and basically so he shows up he drops down and i I decided to fight him so i bring him down um throw a couple of explosives and then i run back to the gate and he drops down again Uh, and i just had to run past him and just sort of basically be chased by him to the subway. And I have no idea if that was sort of the intention of the design. Um, but like he immediately revived, which was really weird. Yeah, I think it's probably there's an event at that line and you just triggered it again, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Anyone been in the toy shop while Nemesis is following? <laughs> that's great. He just it? stares at you yeah. knowing you have to come back out. And it's so creepy. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I actually. That or he's browsing the windows. Yeah, he's coming back out then. He wants to. He's thinking, can he fit in that Mega Man suit? That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I actually took a screenshot of him looking through the window. I found it so funny. I was like, is this going to be a moment that people overlook? But uh, apparently not. So good on bringing that up. So let's talk about locations. I think Uh, for me. Well, I my favorite sort of half of the game is the first half. I as much as we've talked about how you do run through the same area a few times. I kind of like that dynamic of getting through downtown in a few different ways. Um, I like the substation. I particularly like the sewers. Um, that's what I wanted the game to be. That's the part of the game that I enjoyed the most. Um, a real stickler, unfortunately, and a lot of people pointed this out, this is where some of the harsher cuts come into play after this. Um, I, I knew immediately... Uh, when I was having that boss fight with Nemesis, that we weren't going in the clock tower, and that wasn't going to be a part of this game. Uh, you know, there's no raccoon park or anything like that, and there's no dead factory, which is, again, that, you know, mess with the lore and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't so hot on the second half of the game. 
Um, they just seemed a bit shallow to me and didn't really have a whole lot of character. And to be honest, the name Nest 2, when I read it on a file, I did audibly groan. Um, just, it's a bit, you know, straightforward. And my other note is, did anyone else get really bad, like, laser-based anxiety when they walk into Nest 2? You've got, like, a long hallway where you follow Tyrell with all these lights. I just had this horrible feeling that we were going to have a laser corridor. (laughs) (laughs) See, I didn't have that, but I did feel like I was walking through a Mass Effect 2 level. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, actually, no, that's fair. <laughs> like, it's all Cerberus colour schemes. Like, if you know Mass Effect 2, Cerberus colour scheme is white, yellow, and black. And that's yeah. everywhere. That's not umbrella colours. Mm. Well, You're worried uh, about getting into an elevator because it might load for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I heard umbrella stuff is, like, really cool, Rex. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, we just heard we just heard was, Steve's Rex voice. That was the worst Rex. My real Rex is more serious and gross. Well, it was almost like he was lazy. in the room. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Steve, how do you feel about the locations as a whole? Um, I, I, I see. I'm almost a counterpoint. Sorry, this is weird, right? I actually appreciate the uh, the revised hospital. Mm. I, uh, that's one of my favourites as well. To be fair, I should I should point that out. That's the that's a strong point of the second half. Yeah. Um, the like, although it's not anything visually new. The, and it's almost like a beat-for-beat beat repeat of how you do the area. The RPD revisit with mm-hmm. a new character who's, you know, whipping and his one-liners. They keep it, they keep it, you know, fun. You know, fun little re- jaunty rejog through the RPD. Um, I actually kind of like the idea of what Nest Two is, but it looks too clean and uh, clinical compared to the original Dead Fact. Like, uh, <laughs> you also get a flash drive in 1999. I mean, they had one in you at the, the the stars badge was a USB. Yeah. Oh, that's true as well. Yeah. Um, but Jill does look confused as to the concept of a flash drive, despite she should have had one. Um, <laughs> that's very true. Still, still waiting on them to sell those, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, overall, the the thing that like this, I liked the area. I like the idea that there's these the big big glass shutters that are sealed down, so you can never go into the full lab. Uh, the idea that, oh, they actually did think about it's being compromised. But it's, I think it drew me the hell out when we get to the big, like, septic tank, like, drill room, or, you know, pouring, melting things down room. And then the uh, the rail gun range that has a a, uh, a rate of 30 meters when it's a rail gun, guys. You'd know that I'd go further than 30 meters. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's better than a random generator room, I suppose. But mm. I. It's still so like the the concept of having umbrella having a anti umbrella lab, and then having an umbrella biohazard countermeasure service that does not know about the umbrella. What like yeah. I like the visuals, but it, there's stuff that confuses me. Uh, but favorite area overall standout probably is like somewhere between the city and hospital. Mm-hmm. I want to say the hospital because the atmosphere in there is. No, for sure, definitely, yeah. Uh, James, any favourite or least favourite locations? My favourite is the hospital. I yes. love the hospital. Even though it, um, I, I remember uh, Steve was, uh, uh, bless him, he was, uh, my first playthrough, he was contacting me saying how I was doing. Um, and he gave me s- some really good tips, which really helped. And But I, I think the first thing I said to him was, wow, this hospital area is really cool. Like, it, mm-hmm. like is it... The rest of the game is very action orientated and running away and just kind of yeah, just all about 
running and shooting and running and shooting, whereas the hospital is slow down a whole bunch, and then you have it's it's more like an RE two experience. Um, you have to take your time, um, or else because there's zombies everywhere, and then you got the hunters later on. Um, yeah, uh, least favorite. Um, uh, I would say um, the is it not not nest. To the 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 facility above it, right? Yeah, yeah, like the warehousey yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't like that area because it confused me. <laughs> oh, Nikolai's torture dungeon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It if it confused me. Um, I couldn't quite pass myself around it. Um, but I like downtown. I love the sewers. Uh, when I when I got through it, I think on my first playthrough, it took me about twenty minutes to get through that sewer. And then when I went through it yesterday, it took me minutes. Yeah. Like five, six minutes. And that's cool. That's cool level design. Because mm. it's like, oh, you can actually get through this really, really fast if you just know where you're going. Mm. Um yeah. So it's a hospital right at the right at the top, which is funny because it's not even technically like it's it's Carlos slash Jill. It's not even Jill who's the main protagonist. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and uh and yeah, the the sewer. Same same thing, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's more of a Carlos location because Jill's sort of route around uh, the hospital is just to pick up some supplies before you move on and don't do what I did and accidentally leave, leave the Magnum behind. Um, <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> any favourite or least favourite locations? Well, first of all, I particularly liked the way that they handled um, the police department. Mm. Uh, it's kind of great to go there again. Again, this kind of like this experience works best, obviously, if you are coming off remake too, and you know, just sort of treat those as a whole sort of enveloped experience. Especially because if you have played that game within a certain time frame, you're going to remember the location of things like the liquors, and they're still there. <laughs> and uh, you know, in particular, like the liquor hallway uh, by the stars office. You know, I was I was dreading going there because mm-hmm. I thought. If there's liquors about, like it's most likely still going to be in that same, the same hallway. So I was not, I was not looking. I was both pleased and terrified that it was there. It's like brilliant, like that's a, <laughs> you know, that's something that we, we, we as we as players can understand um, the, the layout, um, and it just kind of gives you a bit of a heads up. I would say that you know, just like the downtown area, just just being able to kind of go outdoors a lot more in this game um is what i liked obviously the most uh, about it um lots of lots of buildings to kind of go in and out of and you get to see uh, plenty of them and uh yeah it's really it's really well designed uh i didn't have to check my map much of any of the game and that's not a mark on it being linear because while that is the case you still have to um you know navigate your way through alternate different paths when you've got objectives to do it's just uh, a really nice, clean layout to mm. just about every section of the game, but especially, especially in in the downtown. Um, you know, when there's obviously there's a lot of deliberate sort of decorative uh, destruction and debris that is meant to block off different paths. Despite that, yeah, really nice and easy to navigate, and so much variety to it. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, we talked about presentation a little bit, so we'll probably be pretty light on this one. We talked about, you know, the facial capture. Um, I think in terms of, uh, yeah, again, unfortunately, a problem with the engine is the lip sync. 
I'm fairly certain we can all agree with that, or maybe that was just a me thing. Uh, but the, every time I've played it through, it, it's been okay in places, but atrocious in others, unfortunately. Um, but other than that, the game looks great. It might be the best looking game in the series. Um, it has, certainly has the best character models. I thought the city looked fantastic um, and made me infinitely more curious about things like Stagler, you know, which we see briefly in the clock tower again, which we see briefly. Um, but uh, the absolute 100% standout for me as a long-term fan was the soundtrack, how they went back and sort of fixed the complaint of Remake 2's uh, lack of referencing old music. In fact, they fixed the RE2 save theme. It actually loops now. When you go back to the RPD, they snuck that in there. Um, and obviously we experienced some of the music in the demo, like the save theme, the RE3 save theme, and the Nemesis theme and stuff. But when City of Ruin started playing um, in that alleyway, and, and again, City Without Hope, as you're going over the sort of fire truck towards Kendo's gun shop, sort of, just that familiar warm feeling of, ah, this song, you know, I, I thought it was brilliantly well done, you know. Um, they did it at a good pace without it being, you know, a big nostalgia fest. It, it, they dropped them in there at nice times. Uh, overall, how do we feel about the presentation, James? Uh, yeah, so I uh, uh, I agree. The, uh, the music was fantastic. Um, I, I was constantly referring to... Uh, other games that it kind of very, it sounded very similar to, but it wasn't in a derogatory way. It was just like it just reminded me of those games, and and but it wasn't quite the same. Or movies, in fact, like there was a lot of Terminator in there. Mm. Um, I heard that a lot, um, but it worked, and the sound design was great. The guns sounded fantastic. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I'd <laughs> tell you what the bit it should have freaked me out more, but as I said earlier on, I think my just my alien isolation brain got on, but the music in the power station is really creepy. Yeah. Like when when because it's just loud enough that you have to really hear out. Because if you don't, you, you know they're around if the music's starting, but you have to really hear if they are near you. Mm -hmm. Right, because you can hear the you know on the on yeah. the walls, and it's 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 really that's really really neat, uh, really cool sound design there. Um, we've all, I've already gone over like the voice the voices and stuff, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I agree that the lip syncing. I think the worst part, the worst portion of it was uh, where Nikolai comes out from a side uh, room with Tyrell and Carlos and Jill are coming back to the subway station, and Nikolai's words do not match up to his face <laughs> at all. Yeah, Nikolai it's seems a... to get the, the brunt of the bad lip sync, it feels like. Yeah, and it's... Uh, I think this was just because uh, how, how beautiful his face is. They just want to <laughs> like, focus, yeah. on, focus on that face. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, you can definitely see the, the lip sync problems there. Um, but yeah, the, the, the monsters all look grotesque and disgusting like they should <laughs> um they <laughs> they uh i tell you there was one bit uh actually if we're talking presentation there's one bit i got a bit lost in because suddenly even though we got downtown um i always knew there was a place to go but the place where i, I turned I, I i walked into it and i went oh wait and that was just before the bridge where jill says her can't swim uh, line <laughs> um i was like oh wait has this game turned into an open open world game? I've got so much space here, and there's nothing here. What's going to happen? 
Because <laughs> you know, because you've got the entire river, yeah. and you got this bridge, and you got this open area, right? And I was like, it was a really cool lead up to the boss fight because I knew something was going to happen, and I was waiting for something to jump out of that water or something to come out of the sky. So I think moments before that, um, you hear him howl yes. through the city as well, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I loved, I loved, I loved the way they presented the game. Um, they, they, they knew what they were doing in terms of action and everything, and they, they did their, their, their best with it. I think, especially, it was that's quite cool about that area that you were talking about. The open area is that immediately after that boss fight, you go to the hospital, which might be the most claustrophobic area in the game. <laughs> um, Jordan, how did you feel about the overall presentation of the game? Lovely. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a, again great follow up to remake two. Mm. Obviously, it, it it able it was able to expand upon the soundtrack. Um, I mean, you know. Resident Evil 2 safe theme sounds so good now. I don't yeah. think I, I don't know if there was a full version of it before. Um, you know, in Remake 2, I seem to think it was only the little signature at the beginning. But mm -hmm. the actual for a full version in in Resident Evil 3 is uh, you know terrific. Um, obviously, it's not it's not overly prevalent. You know, those themes are are there, but I don't I don't feel like they've necessarily changed too much of their stance on how much they want the music to kind of play a role. Largely because they're obviously they've got atmosphere that they're trying to drum up in different ways. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like overall, it's really um, it's a really tight package of you know both visuals and and sounds. Uh, I mean, I, I think like places like the uh, hospital when you when you first get there. It's one of the more sort of obvious examples of using lighting to to mood the scenes, um, but it's throughout the game. Uh, there's so many kind of well uh, well lit portions that just either signify that you're about to enter a tough stretch or you're 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 getting some respite. Um, yeah, there's there's some some really nice uh, colors to kind of signify. Uh, whether or not you are sort of in danger or whether you're kind of just kind of going through an area that you can kind of take a bit of a breather. Mm -hmm. um, overall, I mean, it's, yeah, that lip sync issue, I noticed that more like, you know, in like the, the gameplay. Um, yeah. You know, where there's, it, it's clearly, it's just sort of something that they probably did in about a, a week. It's like, right, here's all these dialogue lines, you know, move the mouth a bit to, to kind of match it. They might, have, they might not have even had that. They might have just had something in the code which just kind of measures the sound waves and then kind of animates the characters like that. But obviously that was a, something that was missing. It's like the only bit of the game that lacks polish. Yeah. Um, just about everything else is, uh, you know, fantastic. And obviously... As we said before, the story really stands up, um, you know, as as practically being its own movie, and it, that's largely because of how good the visuals are um, in in presenting it all. You you could easily, if you, if you had no interest in you know playing any of the Resident Evil games, you could easily watch this and remake two as movies, and you'd never feel like you were kind of just watching a game. If that mm -hmm. makes sense, no, it, just, sure. it feels it feels more like uh, it's akin to CGI movies, which is weird because years ago that was like the big goal to finally have games that kind of look like that, and now it's here and it's it's almost normal. 
<laughs> but absolutely to give it its credit like you know it's it's definitely one of the one of the nicest looking games out there coming out this year for sure and steve round us out what's your uh, what's your view on the general presentation of the game uh generally i can't knock it like mm-hmm. as everyone said the lip syncing issue whenever anyone's talking outside of a cutscene they're kind of like robots they have done since like revelations yeah. um well the the musical score like they took i think they took on the chin the criticism from it yeah uh, the, the musical score was very understated and this one they i mean some of the tunes like beat for beat almost i mean that they are remixes a lot of them are remixes but they there is no need for a classic soundtrack this time of Mm-hmm. Because the classic soundtrack is here, and they've made it modern, and it works. Uh, the atmosphere themselves that they convey, like aside from the nitpicks of like the voice acting, I'd say is fairly damn good. Like the RE engine stuff, it, they know how to work it down there. They know how to set a scene, as everyone else kind of said. There is a few reused assets. We joked about it on my uh, when I did a stream to test it for PC. Like, but that's not, I think that's an RE engine thing. That's like, there's a, there's a single tarp we were joking about like, <laughs> in times. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the, the actual way that they've constructed these areas, they've lit these areas, soundtracked and scored them. I, I have no, there's no reason to complain about them. They're just so well done. And like Jordan has said, this, this, I mean, obviously there would have been fans that, that, that had their feathers completely rustled if it was, but this could have been an RE engine built movie and it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, um, Truly, in that regard, phenomenal. Like, I feel like I'm just trying to know. No, no, absolutely. You can make some salient points, definitely. Like, um, every shot is considered. Like, surely yes, a lot of them yeah. are homages. But, like, even Nemesis, like I said self, that the Nemesis scene, literally, whenever he shows up and he's doing something or, like, being a complete pain, like grabbing Jill around the head for, like, the 500th time, <laughs> um, he has an air of menace and cruelty. You just can't. I haven't seen them carry a cross before. Like yeah. you've had like Wesker's snark, and there's like genuine malice in this creature, and it's toying with you most of the time. Like Nemesis, it gives off this air like he could kill you whenever he wanted to, <laughs> and he's just having fun. Like there's there's a there's something about the way he behaves when he picks up the rocket launcher, or he's like pointing the flamethrower at you, and he's enjoying every second of it. Yes, that. yeah, that's true actually, and that that all comes down to the direction. Yeah, exactly. That they've got, they know how to make. I mean, he isn't the best stalker in gameplay terms, but as an actual storyline of being a stalker, he's phenomenal. He's like he's god tier above anything else. Um, which sounds like I'm just like giving him praise after praise. I, I, <laughs> I do like the transition from Alien, you know, from Terminator to Alien Queen is kind of interesting as well. Uh, I don't know the full ins and outs of the any parasite law, okay? But didn't it have something like? Uh, just to go a bit off topic, right? Lisa Trevor, okay, she got given the parasite first, and then the G virus was discovered. Is that that's the way correct? It went? Yeah. So does that mean then that this potentially G virus like level stuff in the parasite? Because like some of those transformations, I mean, they're a bit response to traumary, kind of over the top in the same way. Birkin. Right. I wondered that as well. I believe the the theory is, and I could be wrong on this, um, but this is what I think is correct: is that the progenitor basically. Um, spawns or spins off slightly into the G virus in order to destroy the parasite that they put inside of her. Uh, because mm. obviously the G virus is very adaptable. That's the point of it. So I think it comes from the progenitor to destroy the parasite. So I'm not necessarily sure there is any G virusiness in 
the parasite, but it, yeah, it, it, there is it's obviously he's got the whole tentacle thing, and he always has, which is very much a, a, a nemesis thing. But he's also got some G elements in there as well. And he can now parasitize. I mean, we haven't even touched on the parasites on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're, they're an entirely new enemy type. It's a complete pain. Uh, mm. Very vulnerable to grenades, speedrunners. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything's very vulnerable to grenades. I think the liquor, the hunter, nemesis is allergic right, to them. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. who would win? The ultimate stalker or one splody boy? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's real because that stuff I wasn't expecting at all. Like Nemesis to make babies, so to speak. Like like Birkin technically does. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, true. The kind of rubbish. Like you know, they, they, don't, they don't they don't make more of themselves. They just like attach a face lump to another another being, and that'd be it. Mm-hmm. But it's cool on the same. And I, I know. Have we have we talked about pale heads enough and how they are like basically a substitute for naked zombies and you shoot them until they stop smoking, guys? That's how they stay dead. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. sounds like be... the title for a new book. Pale heads seems like a, a a reasonable nod to the Crimson Head concept in an unkillable or resurrected. Yeah, I wonder nope. if uh, we'll ever get any lore on on. Mm. Really, like some true lore on the background of those but I think it was a nice way to sort of reference the sort of modified slash naked zombies of previous games by throwing them in the lab there at the end I mean they were always more durable in the mm-hmm. older games yeah exactly uh, I wonder if we'll ever see a pale head podcast <laughs> uh, you know. so um, before I'm going to try and wrap us up a little bit before we get to sort of overall final impressions we have to talk about the big dispute uh, I think, is that everyone is throwing at this game is the length. Um, personally, I disagree, um, but I'll, I'll save my piece. Um, Jordan, how did you feel about the length of, of Remake 3? Well, obviously I've seen the discussion, as as you all have. Um, it's dif- it's difficult the- these days because I-, I think that um, you know trying to kind of put a monetary value on a game's length or vice versa mm. is tricky. Um, I mean, uh, you know, nobody is going to question uh, you know the the design prowess of Platinum Games, and yet just about every one of their their you know top titles, every one of their campaigns can be completed in a handful of hours. You know, no one's no one's saying anything bad about games like Vanquish, but you, you can still beat that in like four or five hours. Um, I don't I don't know if I'm the best authority on this because, frankly, if there is a game that I really want and really enjoy, it doesn't really matter so much about the the length or, or the price mm-hmm. if it's got a great um, experience. I bought Metal Gear Solid uh, Ground Zeroes, and that got a lot of flack for its price point called the glorified demo turned out to be the game I probably put more hours into that year than ever. You know, so I, I don't necessarily know if mm. I'm the best authority on it, but what I would say is that it's a, it's a solid campaign. Um, there, there's absolutely no fat um, yeah. whatsoever. There's nothing, there's nothing that repeats and you're, you're not getting any kind of Ubisofting of, uh, Lots of additional quests and grinding, and lots of unnecessary, uh, you know, gunk that doesn't necessarily get questioned as much um, in comparison to just shorter games in in general. Uh, I, I I don't think there's necessarily a problem. I think 
the reservations people have is that if you didn't include resistance, you could maybe take off right. a quarter of the price point. Yeah, that's fair. It's um, it's kind of it's difficult to argue with because obviously some of it comes down to what your opinion on resistance is. Obviously, some people are very much turned off by that game immediately just because of sort of the concept. And that's fine. If that's not their interest, then that, that's what it is. And I can kind of see why they'd be, uh, you know, a little bit sour about dropping full price uh, on Resident Evil 3 and not playing the game that comes with it. Because for me, it's it's well worth the money for me, but that's because I'm very excited to play more of Resistance. You know, spoiler alert for that podcast, I had a great time playing it so far. Um so, so obviously, yeah. It's maybe, maybe it's just mileage may vary. Um, James, how did you feel about the length of the game? Um. So I, yeah, I, I, uh, I've, I, I don't really look too much into kind of debates, discussions like this because I feel like they can go round and round about. Sure. But my, uh, my, per- my personal opinion is that if it is what I would call an epic style game which is a you know a game that is like 40 50 pounds and it's it's being advertised as a game that has hours and hours of fun you know in terms of its main story right then it's one pound an hour for me right (laughs) so if it if if i'm gonna get at least 40 to 50 hours out of a game right then i will i i'm completely okay with that now resident evil is different because resident evil promotes replayability Yes. Right. So, and Resident Evil Three is such. Resident Evil Three is the first Resident Evil that I've. I mean, Remake Two kind of did it, but Remake Three made me want to play it again. I played it the first time, and I was like, "I want to play it again," but I'm way too tired. Okay, I'm gonna wait till tomorrow, and then I'm gonna play <laughs> yeah. it. You know, because and now I've put um, I put ten hours into it already. Right. I know I'll put more into it. Right, that's replayability. That's getting my money, my my, my James money worth, <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm putting those hours in, right, and I'm enjoying every minute of it, right. As long as you feel like it doesn't matter if the game's short or not, right. Capcom aren't dumb, right. They know how they know how to do a game. They've been do- they've been doing that for a very long time, and yeah, I feel you could. I mean, you could get tens and tens of hours into this game hundreds or more especially with resistance as well yeah on top of that which i mean that's another subject but just re- just resident evil 3 you could get some mileage out of it just through replayability because they've got like that little store thing they've got um which is pretty cool to see if you can break your time they've got little challenges mm-hmm. they've got nice little bonuses it's a different kind of game and i'm i'm used to playing epic games which take hundreds of hours to complete but yeah, Resident Evil is a different kind of genre, and Resident Evil Three is a game that you can really replay and have some fun with. So I don't think the shortness is even a factor, and I think it's being overly criticised. Right? Yeah, I think you've definitely hit the nail on the head. I think uh, people who, some people who make that complaint, obviously don't see it the same way that its replayability is a big factor, and it really. I found it really interesting that Remake Two, obviously, it was a big moment, and it deserved those big scores because. Uh, you know, it's changed up the play style here a lot and brought the horror back whilst retaining a very um, easy to pick up and play kind of uh, play style by opting for over the shoulder, which everyone's very familiar with. Uh, but it didn't, it got such high scores compared to this game. 
Um, I think for the illusion of length. Resident Evil 3 has its replayability. Yeah, you're playing the same campaign over and over again on different difficulties to do different challenges, to get, you know, faster run times and stuff like that. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake, you're playing it over and over again. I Right, okay, there's four campaigns apparently, but they're all essentially the same. Um, so it's really no difference. So I think the people that are uh, finding ways to score these games differently are just looking at it because the menus told them something different this time around. Whereas Remake 2 was like, you know, Claire A and second, you know, and Leon first and second. Um, they're all, you know, pretty much the same and they're all sort of the length of, of Resident Evil 3 as well. Um, so maybe it's a perception thing, definitely. Steve, how did you feel about the length? So this is obviously a loaded gun. I've got a few things to say on this. Sure. But, um, I have already bought this game twice. Got it on the Xbox. I've had it since Friday, so that's a, a time recording. It's about five days ago. A hundred percent of both of them. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm more than content to when I have the money, do it again, so I can play with the guys on PS4 with the resistance. Now that's fine. That's about that's only about fifty hours playtime in total because I'm a gorger and I like to just hammer the living daylights out of it until I've had my fill, and I have not had my fill. So that's cool. Uh, I don't like the shop system. I think uh, I would rather the unlock's been tied to, you know, S rank. Sure, yeah. Well, that's by the by. You know, I I understand the reason for it because people were whinging for like having a rocket launcher. Again, it's placating the fan base a bit. But um, the the whole idea that the game is too short and stuff—it's a Resident Evil game. It's already got more content than. Oh, sorry, I'm a bit quiet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, it's already got a bit more content than Resident Evil 7 had at launch, and everyone was very, very content with saying that was the best thing since sliced bread. Now, I enjoyed RE7, but RE7 at launch was just the one campaign with a remix difficulty. This has got two remix difficulties. Mm. I would argue it's, um, it's also got a skip button for cutscenes, for speedrunners. Awesome. You know? Then, okay, now I'm going to throw a curveball. I am by no means a fan of this genre of game, but like the, for sake of argument, a Call of Duty game has a campaign of about four hours and then a multiplayer mode. Mm. And your first time through on Resident Evil 3, it's probably going to clock in about the six, seven hour mark, and then you've got Resistance. Why yep. is it those games get like infinite free passes exactly? But mm-hmm. well, RE3 is getting blown to hell and back. When I would argue RE3's campaign, the cinematic nature of it, as we've already talked on, would make an epic movie. It's like the best Terminator film to come out in years and you get to play it. <laughs> like... And this is coming from someone who would rate Remake 3 as the bronze medal of the Remake trilogy, if you like. Mm-hmm. So I, it seems petty to say, oh, it's two hours long and you could beat it. Like, it's just, no, it's just, no, mate, you, you're, just, you're looking for reasons to tear it apart. Yeah. And I, there are plenty of reasons to say that, yeah. I mean, RE7, again, just to dial back a bit, that had a slew of content after the fact. This is still an unknown, an unknown number at this point for RE3. There's rumors already that there's going to be some kind of mini game open world thing whether that's complete cod wash yeah, or not it's been decided yeah you know it's too early to call it as just this is that this is all we get and if, if it is that's fine this there's like at least three different variations of campaign difficult uh with remixed enemies and remixed items which is already more than re 7 heard um <laughs> and i would argue the, the the enemy layouts and the weapon changes make it actually arguably more diverse than re2 because all re2 had was you had starting off using the Matilda, or I can't remember what player's default little revolver was, or a different handgun. Uh, the Quick Draw, was it? Quick Draw Army? Yeah, the Quick Draw, or the SLS-60. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So you had a choice between two different main handguns, basically the same campaign. Right? Yeah. With their weapons. You know, so there is a lot of variety to be said. Okay. It's just mm-hmm. people are being strangely short-sighted about it. And I think um, since there will be potentially people listening to this who are of the opinion that resistance isn't for them, if you do have an internet connection and you do have your, you know, whatever, service of choice, PSN or, or XPL, at least give it a go, I think. It's come with a game. You've got it free if that's the way you want to look at it. Uh, I think give it the time of day as well because it's nice to have that sort of free packaged in multiplayer experience. Again, we will get to that. Uh, but let's let's wrap up with our final thoughts. Uh, you know, how do we feel about this game overall? How do we feel about it, you know, comparing to the original RE3 and for Remake 2? Uh, James, why don't you start us off? What's your final verdict on Remake 3? Um, so my... my um... My verdict for it, comparing it to the old one, is a bit skewed because I watched Steve play the old mm. one, and uh, my only experience playing the game was when thirteen-year-old James went to Choices Videos to illegally get the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, please don't come after me, Choices. Um, and <laughs> and yeah, I, I I rented it out and I I played it for an hour. It scared the bejesus out of me, so I sent it straight back. Um, but yeah, watching Steve play it, it looked like a lot of fun. Um, the original, I mean, uh, yeah. and like it was. I think there was some there was there was one thing that the that remake was missing, and that was the nemesis factor wherever you were. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in remake three, he felt very scripted, and no signposted signposted. He's meant to be here, and he's going to be here. And um, yeah, so it, it lost a little bit of magic in that way, but my uh, in comparison to the old one, right? But it still works because I still enjoy it, and it's still fun because mm-hmm. it's, it's still um, they're still uh, uh, basing it around an action game rather than a horror game um, at this point with kind of horror themes uh, aspects to it, um, and I still love it, and I still want to replay it. In fact, after this. After this podcast, I want to play it again. Mm-hmm. I want to keep playing it because it is a it is a fun game, and I really really like Jill, and I like Nikolai, and I like Mikhail, and I like Carlos, and I like Terrell. These names I didn't even know three months ago, and now I do. I know these names now. Mm-hmm. I know who they are, right? And that's because I played Remake Three, and it made me love them. That's um, fantastic. I- yeah, so that's it. My my final in short would be love the game, keep playing it, get the game if you haven't already. It's super, super fun, and that's what a computer game should be. It should be fun. Mm-hmm. Times, Jordan, that you haven't played the original RE3, so how would you rate you know this remake and in comparison to Remake 2 as well? Well, I think as a, as a sort of a... Not necessarily a standalone game, but as its own individual game, um, I think it's uh, very well rounded. Um, great experience, you know. I-, I would say that it's a really great follow up to Remake Two, um, and as I already said, it complements it very well. Mm. As a as a remake, um, which you know, I-, I spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, how- what constitutes success with remakes. Um, and sometimes it can be something as sort of as drastic as as the Resident Evil One remake, in which it's so so good um, that it actually eclipses the original um, 
in the eyes of many. I don't necessarily think that um, the experience that you have here is going to be so one-to-one with, uh, you know, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. So you mm-hmm. can still kind of go back to that and enjoy that. But I, I think it's able to take those nods of, of being more action-oriented and and run with it. Um, I say I, th- I think it probably could have maybe have been a little bit more am- ambitious and actually went even further into the action um, foray. But I, I could just be, you know, looking at that from just sort of the standard difficulty. And obviously it could be, you know, much more drastic if I play the, the, the later difficulties. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think it's uh, a, a very solid game. And that's how it should be looked at, not so much as a remake, but just as its own. Uh, standalone game sure. and, and what it achieves there. I think I think we learned that lesson from uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, um, where it just it was so different in a lot of ways uh, that it it demanded to be looked at on its own merits. Um, I, I think it's been uh, you know if if they decide to not do another remake, perhaps they decide to like change the course or go with some new, you know new titles or something like that. This has been a real success. Mm. Um, the, these two projects, it's quite crazy to think of, you know, just a couple of years ago, we got that first announcement that Remake 2 is happening. Um, and, you know, while it wasn't obviously necessarily what we all expected it to be, it, you know, it changed the camera angle for one thing, but many other things that followed. Um, I, I think Capcom have done a really good job of handling two games that are, you know, frankly, iconic, not just to the fan base, but just in gaming in general. Yeah. They're well regarded and remembered, and it was always going to be difficult to, um, su- you know, succeed with a, a remake like this. But uh, you know, it's a it's a great year for remakes. <laughs> for this, you know, Final Fantasy VII. I had Link's Awakening before. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's, that's it's true. Great, and it's it slots in perfectly. They're they're all great. Nice. And, and Resident Evil Three. I'm very happy. To say that it's uh, it stands it stands on its own. Nice. Okay, Steve, uh, what is your final verdict on this game? Because I know you were struggling for a while on where exactly you landed with it. Okay, so I enjoy this game. I think it's a really good, like Resident Evil, should we say, experience. Okay, mm. um, it is not a very good remake. It, 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 it um, don't be wrong. I. To be fair, if I had to put them side by side, I kind of prefer this game's narrative versus the original RE3. But there's a lot of it that changes, a lot of the way the pace and the story flows. And in that regard, calling it a remake seems like we're doing a disservice. It's like, I don't know what, I mean, reimagining seems to be the thing, people say. Uh, but there's a lot of this game's DNA that is very wholly different from its predecessor. Yes, there's still like, there's still a hospital, there's still a nemesis, there's still a jail. But there's a lot that changes it, and therefore, as a remake, it's kind of rubbish. But as an actual Resident Evil game, it's pretty awesome. So I have to give it like an 8, if I had to do it out of 10 scale, uh, which seems arbitrary at this point. Mm. Um, it's definitely feels more, it's a, if this was all we would get and there was no resistance, it could have probably been an expansion pack for Resident Evil 2. And that is by no means knocking it. Uh, it's still, I think, worth worthy of everybody's time. If you enjoyed 20, 2019, and it, or if you have any affinity for Jill and her encounters with Nemesis in the OG, you're still going to have a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm talking in circles. I no, I mean, uh, it's a, I'm in a similar situation where 
I'm not quite sure. I still haven't quite figured it out. As a game I wasn't expecting to exist at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't expecting a remake through. I can turn around and say, this is a fun time. And as I've already said, I'm I'm fully intent to, just so I could play with the gang, the Scooby gang that is the FA Spray Pop, (laughs) and our our lovely Discord followers. Uh, I will probably be picking this game up again when the money up. So, you know, it's it's worth, I think it's worth your time. Whether it's like, I don't know if it's going to be like in the top five Resi entries for me, but it's definitely, yeah, it's up there. So I've been close to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I still can't. So when you're talking about sort of arbitrarily rating it, I actually have here, you know, C, sort of B rank maybe. I don't know. Um, it's on a par for me with Remake 2, I think. They're very different games, but I think I would put them sort of around... Um, the same area because they both achieve what they set out to do uh, very well, which is different things, but they both uh, do it with the same amount of uh, success, I think. It was a great ride, like I said at the beginning. I had a great time playing it, and I'll have a great time playing it more. I think I might even, you know, if if my metal tests out, I might even platinum it if I can make it through Inferno. And I wasn't quite as excited to get back to Remake 2 uh, as I am this one. And over the last year, and I think I said probably in our Remake 2 reaction that it was in my top five, over the last year it slipped down a bit. Um, So we'll see where I land with RE3. I think in theory it's incredible. I've got so so many compliments about it. It plays great, it looks great, it's exciting, the characters are great, the music's great, the length is, you know, it's it's good, you know, I'm I'm happy with all of it. Um, But I don't know, it's just something there that doesn't feel quite like a moment, like the Resident Evil 2 remake does. it's very strange overall though it's very strong like i say it succeeds in what it sets out to do there's no reason not to play it i'd be interested to see if it gets sort of like post-release support in any way um but i'm happy to i'm happy to own it i'm happy to own it several times most likely in the future um and as you said steve you know it comes with resistance as well which is you know i'm equally as excited about both games for sure So, nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors. If you'd like to be part of the show, then please look into auditioning for our file readings. One way to get in touch is to email us at fasprayPod at gmail.com. But of course, the best course of action is to join our Discord server where you can discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans and listen to the podcast live as it's being recorded. The link to the server is in the description of this podcast and also on our social media profiles. You can follow us on Twitter at FASpraypod, on Instagram at FASpraypod, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fa spray pod you can find us on youtube stitcher spotify and itunes and if you enjoyed the show please do leave us a review where you can it helps spread the word uh, so our next episode you'll have noticed we didn't cover resistance as we said that's coming next we'll be focusing on our reaction to that as a separate game so look out for that in the coming weeks and make sure you're following our social medias and our twitch since we'll most likely be streaming it from here on out in various ways and also there may be a sly resident evil 3 board game podcast coming sometime down the line as well thank you to the panel you can follow all of the Pueblo people individually I'm at Siniac underscore one two three Steve is at Firebutton Games Jordan is at Serialbox64 and James is at Moist Owlet OFF and finally thank you for listening and have a good week
it's a shame I didn't get to work out the. Uh, I had a really bad intro gag, which is going to be you host podcasts. I like podcasts. We'll make this an ongoing arrangement. Uh, <laughs> work it in. I wanted to call. I for my Adam intro was in the item box that is the Pueblo people. I like to think of this guy as Explosive A, <laughs> which I think would be a really cool nickname. But <laughs> uh, bless him. <laughs>